You're listening to episode 51 of the Paropod. Uh, <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> what's up? With your hosts, Mark and Owen. What's up, what's up? We're back again past the half century this week. Coming it's up in a year, though. Coming up in a year. It's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Can't wait for next week. Big surprise in store. We got a lot of things planned. Mm. Not like the 50th episode where we had things planned, but there were no plans and then nothing happened. But actual plans. And this changes this episode as well. Introducing a new a new section. Evolution, yeah. yeah. New sections. We're getting rid of old sections. We're starting everything new. New hosts coming in. It's basically the second season of the of the show. We got actual guests planned. Yeah, actual, yeah, other humans. Episode 52 and 54, we got guests coming, everyone. 54? I didn't even know about this. Oh, I'm yeah, hearing it. Yeah. Like, this is breaking news. Here we go, here we go. As it happens. As it happens. That's insane. Hopefully the... Next week might sound shit. We don't know yet. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We'll sort it out. We'll get the IT department on mm-hmm. it. We'll get our intern. He'll be working all week, you know. Night shifts all the way through, all the way you know. The, only the best for our listeners. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it works out. <laughs> It'll be fine. We'll find out. We'll see how it, works, how it goes next week. Yeah, we'll find out, you know. Well, yeah. How are you this week, Mark? Vaxxed and vaxed. relaxed. Yeah, I got vaxxed on... When did I get vaxxed? I got vaxxed after... On Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday, Tuesday after... Yeah. Last week, I got, I got my first job. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I got mine on the old Sunday. It was grand, you know? No, uh, I sort of gave in. I was trying to get the, the one in the pharmacies, but like... The one and done job. They were sto- they were stonewalling me to bits. Man, None of them called me back. I am fairly certain that those the pharmacies just aren't doing it anymore. Man, but every time I called up, it was like I'm, I was asking for heroin. It was like I was, I was like... I was asking for fucking illegal drugs. They acted like... <laughs> they're I, laughing at you. They're, yeah, they're laughing at me. They're laughing at... And they're like acting all shady and stuff, like trying to fake me out on like different... I got offered an appointment... Out in Sandyford at six a.m. Yeah, I was like, man, man, I was like, man, I physically cannot get to Sandyford. There's no possible way for me to get there without a taxi. And he was like, please never call again. You've been offered a vaccine. Many other people don't have access to vaccines. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? We're in Ireland, bro. Yeah, it's like ninety percent of people are already vaccinated. Like, but yeah, ridiculous stuff. Um, you know, I was only trying to do my do my part. Mm. But uh, eventually, got out there on the Sunday. It's all grand. You know, the old Pfizer job. Didn't even notice to go in, you know. Just that's the crazy thing, man. That's weird. Yeah, I didn't, because like, I expected to like feel, you know, feel it, at least the needle going in. Don't feel it at all. Yeah, I don't like needles. And like, I hadn't thought about it, like, because I, I booked the thing on the Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon, and like, I went to the cinema. And by the end, like, literally as the credits started to roll, I got the, the text saying, oh, you have an appointment tomorrow afternoon, mm-hmm. like, less than 24 hours away. So I had to go because I couldn't rearrange it. Yeah. And I was out in Swords. Which is a pain in the hole. Yeah, the same place as me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to get to, like, and there's like, there's no path up to it either. Yeah, you have I, to walk through fields. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, some guy came up to me. He's like, offered like directions. It was like some just some guy who lived along the the motorway or whatever yeah. up there. He's like, he's like, you shouldn't go that way. They, 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 they might not let you in. You have to go around here, and there's a little hill, and there's like a divot. And so I was like, all right, you know, it's <laughs> proper like farmer in the yeah. middle of nowhere, like. But uh, I hadn't been thinking about. The fact that I like I don't like needles and stuff like that. Mm. I don't like getting bloods done or anything. I was in the line just before getting the thing. And I was like, oh, I, I'm, I started getting nervous and stuff. And I sat down. I was talking to the, to the nurse and she was very nice. I was just chatting away and then I put my arm out and I, I looked I looked away and when I looked back it was done. Mm. Didn't even know it was done. Yeah, that's the thing. I was like I was like, um, did she did she jab me at all? Yeah. I didn't even see a needle. I that's literally she, didn't yeah. see anything. Because when when she did it when one did it for me. I was like, same as yourself, I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, oh, I, th- I don't know. There's something about, I just don't like needles. Just mm, don't just yeah. don't like needles. Even though I 
want to get more tattoos. I don't like needles. <laughs> um, and like when she stuck it into my arm, didn't notice it. It was only because like I looked away as she was doing it, and then I looked at her, and she was hunched over my arm, and I could see like it going in. I was like, wow, I literally don't feel that at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very weird. Mm. I couldn't even find the little spot. I had to go looking for it. And now it's gone. But then next day, man, your arm is in fucking bits. Yeah, I went home. I was like, I was gloating. I was like, I just, I'm actually grand. Like yeah. nothing, no side effects, absolutely nothing at all. Woke up the next day and I was like, I was like sleeping with my arm under the pillow, and I, I tried to like get up, and my, I was just like shooting pains yeah, all up and yeah, down my shoulder. Thing, it was thing. so stiff. It was horrible. But it's grand now, you know. Grand now. Two days later, and you're laughing. I've been pretty sure the second jab as well. You, you don't have any side. Like you're not meant to have any side effects. Is it not? Is that not the worst one, though? No, I'm pretty sure with fires, it's the opposite. Oh, really? Yeah, because my dad was completely fine. My dad was saying thing. He felt sick after the first one, but after the second, he was grand. Oh, really? So, yeah, my dad was crossed. My dad had a really bad reaction to one of them. He was, like, going blind and stuff like that, you know? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, yeah, one of them was completely fine for him, but, you know, I'd say, what, three weeks, is it? Two weeks? Yeah, three weeks, I think. Yeah, it better be, you know? Because then you have to wait another week afterwards to get your, your cert, isn't it? Is it that way? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It doesn't activate for... Well. But I didn't realize even with the even with the Johnson Johnson one like one and done you still have to wait two weeks to get your your cert like yeah but I now think like I mean I'm done with, uh, like because at first I was like oh I have to wait a fucking month or whatever to get my second job I mean the 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 a week has gone by now and I I forgot like I forgot like oh yeah I've, I've already got my first job and then three weeks I'm fully vaxxed and I'll have me fucking cert hopefully yeah I'll be laughing in the pub you know ah oh, man having a few paintings licking the table and everything like yeah <laughs> licking doorknobs again back at it. Can't wait. Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe they'll pretty pretty lock it down again at some point. Man, I feel like that they, they can't afford. Not even in terms of like, like in terms of the economy. In terms of public public outcry, yeah, yeah, they yeah, are not public sentiments. I think we're done with the lockdowns. Yeah, I don't know, but like the numbers are pretty crazy. Like, yeah, but the 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 hospital numbers are like down. Yeah, true. So, I but they're still going up slowly. Slowly, yeah. Mm. Yeah, more people I know are getting as well. Like, oh man, I know loads of people have it now. Yeah, yeah, so Still weird. three people I knew in the line. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was seeing loads of people that I knew in yeah. the in the vaccine center. A few lads from or a few lads from the course were doing the uh, you know the check in thing. Mm-hmm. A few lads from DCU. Yeah, I don't know their names. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But, like they're just they're just there. That's I just looked over and I was like, I know you. And he was like, he looked at me. Up, but I don't know. Yeah, his name, man, <laughs> when I was getting, when I got when we had COVID. Yeah, um, yeah. I knew the fellow that was giving. He was in our course. The oh, fellow that was fucking giving me the COVID test. He was in our course. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah gas. That's gas. Yeah, it's got. They just hire pretty much like random Any, people. Anyone, yeah. yeah, they're just like all hands on deck. Yeah, yeah, that's the way you want it, you know. Exactly. On call for Ireland and all that stuff. Let's do it, boys. Let's get this fucking pandemic over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, geez, it's been a while now. I know. Been a now. while. What you doing the weekend? On the weekend, I, w- I went to cinema. Yeah, the cinema. I went to cinema. It's been a while since I went to cinema. I think it was last time I went was I don't even know Saint Maud maybe. Ages ago. Jesus, yeah. Quite a while ago. Last time that was out. Mm. Before before we got coronavirus. Yeah. Before, like, the, <laughs> the second wave. Yeah. Which is, you know, ages ago now. Yeah, full on year. Yeah, yeah, literally a year now. Uh, I went to go see the Suicide Squad. Ah. Because we were debating. Yes. Me and Orla were just in town. And we were just like, uh, we go to the cinema. Because there's, like, nothing to do, really. There isn't anything to do, which yeah. is a pain in the fucking hole. Yeah, it's like, uh, you can either drink outside. And, like, it's raining usually now. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's a bit shit. And like that's that's basically it. That's I wanted to it. go to the museum, but like you have to book that as well. Yeah, you have to book everything. Um, so just wandering around. Always spontaneity like, at the minute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, spontaneity. Very, spontaneity. Yeah, yeah, there's no uh, none of that. But uh, we were just oh, we go to the cinema or whatever. And I was just looking at the board over the Savoy, 
It was just bleak scenes. Like it was just scraps. Films from like last year and stuff like that. Like still. Yeah, yeah, rubbish stuff. Uh, it came down to the Suicide Squad and old. And I was kind of rooting for old. I was like, <laughs> I, was like week, I was like, I've heard some interesting <laughs> things about this film from many people, but like obviously no shit. But we decided on the Suicide Squad, and it was really good. Yeah, like it's not. It's like a sequel, but also kind of a remake, kind of a reboot. Because you need to, you because I watched, I watched the first Suicide Squad on the weekend. Yeah, totally uncoordinated, yeah. but that happened. Yeah. Um. So we can like compare and contrast, but like Jesus, man, that first Suicide Squad film is fucking dog shit literally I'm not even joking to say one of the worst films I've ever fucking seen jeez the first 30 minutes are like exposition and mess with like songs being played every like 2-3 minutes at one stage like fucking um, what it's like fucking uh, the real Slim Shady or something some fucking Eminem song plays as they're like putting on their gear and it doesn't match the scene at all and like all the fucking like the male the male gaze on Harley Quinn is disgusting. Harley Quinn, yeah. Um, oh, just a mess of a film on every fucking aspect. Like, Im- like genuinely an embarrassing fucking film. <laughs> and then once you get past those thirty minutes, it's the most generic, bland superhero superhero film quotation marks because they're all bad guys and they keep saying that they're like you know that we're the bad guys they keep like looking yeah. at the camera and saying that basically yeah they introduce one character at one stage and then the next scene he's killed and he's meant to be one of the suicide squad and of course the classic will smith line <laughs> will smith line what are we some sort of suicide squad <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing from the movie that's the movie that's the title Awful film. Awful, awful movie. Because mm, I remember when... That, it's a real shame because I remember when the trailer for that came out. The trailer's phenomenal. Back in the day. I think it was the Comic-Con trailer. Something like that. It came out. The one with Bohemian Rhapsody? No, the one before that. Oh, right. It was like kind of like... It was like the darker, kind of moodier kind of like... Kind of thing. I had a, had a Bee Gees song playing, but you know the way they had that thing mm. for a while where it was like... They did like really sad covers of happy songs. Yeah. It was like a cover of one of them. Um... It was really good. It was really, it was like a really like sort of short, evocative trailer. It seemed really dark, but like in a an interesting kind of way, you yeah, know, kind of edgy kind of way. Um, but then it changed. The, the, the Bohemian Rhapsody trailer came out, and that looked good as well. But mm-hmm. like, it looked like a totally different film. Yeah, it was com- like literally the exact opposite of what the previous trailer had been. Because it seemed like they're going for more of like a Guardians of the Galaxy kind of thing. With that one, they were. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. what happened. They re they like re edited the film and changed it when Guardians of the Galaxy came out to try and make it more fun. Yeah, which but is like, like, but the film wasn't. It was already its own film. Yeah, and they tried to change. I think something like that happened. Even in terms of like, because this because the original Suicide Squad is like Jared Leto's Joker. Yeah, yeah. And I was I was sitting watching my Isabel and like you know Jared Leto shows up and. He's just there. Like, there's no, like, mystique or anything to it. He's just there. And I was sitting there, and, like, I turned, I hit pause, and I was like, wait a second, this is the first time that in terms of this DC universe that you see the Joker. Yeah, that's his, that was his intro, yeah. And yeah. it was like, yeah, and I was like, that is fucking dog shit. Like, it's, it, <laughs> it was like, there's... It's like a flashback, isn't it? It's like a flashback to him and Harley Quinn, but, mm. like... I don't know. I feel like because you know, like, like you know, it's not to compare it to you know Dark Knight, which mm. is not very fair thing to do. But when you know when Joker reveals himself at the start of that movie, it's it's a reveal. It's a reveal. Like mm. you know, it's like oh shit, this is the Joker. But in this one, it's like it just cuts and he's there talking to someone. Yeah, I'm the Joker, and <laughs> he's so 
bad. Yeah. Oh man, he's fucking awful. Oh, his lines, his dialogue. Jared Leto was shit in that movie. Yeah. I like who, who ever like sanctioned that, like any of that. Mm. You know, because I I remember even like there's obviously people hated that one even when the promotional images came out. I remember that. that yeah, the ha ha ha. ha yeah, damage. Damaged. That, like that was just who even then. Like that, even in the mid two thousands, that wouldn't have passed. No. People wouldn't be like that's cringy. Yeah, it's but like off, they did this in the middle of the twenty tens, and everyone's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, like Jared Leto, like, that guy's already a dodgy gun. He's like, like some kind of cult leader, and, and this, stuff. And that's the fucking film where he's fucking about with like fucking giving dead birds to people. What the fuck he's doing? Even in terms of like the film's structure, like what the film is about. Like, the Suicide Squad is meant to be a ragtag bunch of nobodies who are meant to go, like, undercover and take out, like, smaller, you know, kind of enemies and stuff like that. But in this film, in the in the OG film, they're being formed to take on, like, you know, they're, like, the main premise is, what if Superman turns bad and we need someone to fight Superman? Mm. And so their solution is to get a guy with a boomerang a guy that can shoot bullets really well. A girl with a baseball bat. Um, fucking a crocodile. A crocodile who isn't even that big. Like, like yeah, yeah. Killer he's kind of stu- he's like Joe Rogan, but in crocodile. He's form. just pretty hench, <laughs> and he can eat people. Um, who else is in it? Fucking and then El Diablo, who's like the only person who actually has superpowers in the film, mm. and that's that. That's it. So there's like. Five people who are completely fucking useless against <laughs> yeah. anyone that has any superpowers, and then one superhero or one supervillain. Mm. And then, in terms of the, the film, then the person that they're taking on is literally like trying to destroy the world. And in the start of the film, where it's like introducing all the all the, the you know the characters that are going to be in the Suicide Squad, Captain Boomerang gets captured by like the Flash. Like it shows the Flash. And it shows Batman. It reminds you that superheroes exist in this world. Mm. So when it gets to the world-ending event, like literally the world-ending event at the end of the film, you're sitting there and you're just like, what are the other superheroes doing? Yeah, yeah. Why are they? And especially like, it tells you at one stage that like the like witch, what the fuck is her name? What are the fucking character's name? was? The Enchantress. Enchantress, that's it. Yeah. Um. That she's been doing this, she's been preparing this for three days. She's like, where the fuck is like, ju- like Justice League or whatever? Like, yeah, where's the lads? At? Like, where's Aqu- the people with superpowers? And then at the end of the film, it tells you that Aquaman, all like Aquaman exists because like it has like. Uh, is he in it as well? He's not in it. He's like shown at the end of the film where like mm. Batman is like meeting Viola Davis's character, and he's like, "Oh, give me the forms on like the other metahumans that you have," mm. and it, sh- it shows like the Flash and Aquaman. And he's just like, oh, I'm going to... And then Batman's like, I'm going to form my own team and we'll deal with, you know, whatever you need. So it's like, oh, that's going to be Justice League. Yeah, but it's like, yeah. there are superheroes in this world. Why are they not taking on the yeah. world-ending event? They just don't Why care. are you <laughs> using a girl with a baseball bat, a guy yeah. with a boomerang? <laughs> a guy with a gun. Yeah, it's so bizarre. Because I remember in, the, in that original trailer, like the dark one from Comic-Con, they had a glimpse of like, I think it was Harley Quinn and the Joker in like, I don't know, it was like the Batmobile or like the Joker's yeah. version of the Batmobile. And Batman was on top of the car. But like they only show it in like a flash. Mm-hmm. So it's like Batman is in this film. Or the suggestion was Batman is in this film, but he's kind of an incidental character. But he yeah. is in this film. And it was suggestive of like a, I don't know, like an expansive world where things are going on. Mm-hmm. And like things are kind of intersecting different stories and like different interests. But then 
like apparently it's just, that's just a flashback scene. That's a flashback. And yeah. similar with Joker. Joker's like this weird incidental character yeah. who pops up here and there and he feels really disconnected to everything. Everything, it's a really bad, really, really bad movie. Yeah, yeah. But the new one's meant to be good, isn't it? The new one is really good, yeah. Amazing how they did that. So they tried to turn it, the original 2016 film into a Guardians of the Galaxy kind of ripoff, yeah. I suppose, and like a setup film for the Justice League. Uh, and that didn't go well. So they decided to just get the guy who made Guardians of the Galaxy to remake <laughs> the Suicide Squad. <laughs> and they put it there in front of the film. So it's like a different mm-hmm. kind of thing. And it's like, I haven't seen the original, but um, it's this is just, it's like a really good film. It's, like, yeah. it's very... Uh, is it fun? Really fun. That's it's it's really funny. Like it's it's extremely funny mm. for like for, for a superhero. It's like, it's like on the level of uh, Thor. Thor 3, like... That's what you want. Just that is... That's just nice and funny. Like, James Gunn, like, he's... Like, he's funny, like... He's Guardians of fu- Galaxy is probably one of the best MCU films as well. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's, like, just really fun to watch. Mm. Um, it's really gory as well, this one. Very, very gory. <laughs> Great. Uh, Birds of Prey was like that as well. I watched a little bit of Birds of Prey. Uh-huh. And that was super gory. Yeah, yeah, because this is... It's, like, really... It was Is the original gory at all? No. Or, like, graphic? No. no. Yeah, because in this one, it's, like, it starts out with, like these uh because i'd seen like the promotion materials it has like john cena and stuff in yeah film. and like he's amazing <laughs> yeah. in this by the way john he, Cena's great. he's so he's man he's so versatile yeah, he he's, a, he's literally he's an amazing actor mm-hmm. as well he's very very good in this he's one of the main characters but he's not in the first like 20 minutes so i was wondering where he was because it's like a it's a suicide squad but it's like it's uh your man rick flag from the original oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah 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 uh but his hair's a bit longer mm-hmm. <laughs> um and they have like all these random kind of like dud super, super villains, and there's like you know Pete Davidson, the guy from SNL. Is he in this? Oh yeah, he is. He in is. It. Yeah, yeah. He, I was like, is he in this? Yeah. But he was. And I was yeah. like, what's what's his role in this? His face gets blown off <laughs> in ten minutes in. Like his face, <laughs> like just gets blown off, and it shows you. It's really. Co- it's just out of nowhere. I was like, oh, what the great. fuck? <laughs> it was. It's. It's. A, it's really surprising. And they have this guy, this like weasel character, who's like a their version of Rocky Raccoon mm-hmm. or what's his, your man's name Rocket from? Raccoon Rocket Raccoon uh, but like he's just like fucking he's like this spa weasel basically <laughs> he just doesn't speak <laughs> he's a weasel he's like a complete so like he dies straight away like they land in the ocean they're, they're trying to invade this island and they land in the water and the we- weasel just immediately drowns because he can't swim it's just like <laughs> full of like just stupid jokes like that it's like Paul Blart mock up too the start of it they just yeah. kill off the man that's what happens <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah like uh, everyone dies from the original squad that you that you're first introduced, uh, except for Rick Flag and Harley Quinn, because they're trying to invade this island called Corto, Corto Malta or something like that, and yeah, uh, in in South America, and um, because that's the interesting f- thing about this film, because it has a, a very weird kind of uh, commentary on and CIA and stuff like that on imperialism in South yes. America, which is very very strange, because the the whole thing is they have Viola Davis's character, you know, they're trying to. Uh, invade this island in south america to secure like a prison that the nazis build after after like uh exiled nazis built after world war Two, mm. and there's something weird inside this prison and uh recently on this island this like island nation south america there's been a coup a military coup where the the old pro-american royal family has been deposed and executed uh, and replaced by like a military junta kind of thing and the whole setup is Oh, these people are anti-American. These people are our opponents. Uh, we have to go in there, and it's not about you know, it's not about cooing them or like taking down their government. Like that will happen organically. That's the suggestion anyway. 
It's about securing this like kind of black site which stores some kind of alien technology. Uh, like this Nazi alien technology. It's like starfish or something, isn't it? It's a huge starfish, yeah, yeah. God. It's an alien starfish. <laughs> uh, what's his name? Peter Capaldi. Uh, the Doctor Who fella. Oh, yeah. He's the he's like the villain. Yes. Like the sort of side villain. He's called, I think he's called the Thinker. But uh, Viola Davis is, is the other villain. Mm. Like she's the, she's, she's the, bad, the like, bad guy in this film. Like in the first one, she's like, she's just a cunt. Like she's just a bitch. Yeah, but like yeah. they keep hyping her up as like, oh, she's such a badass. Don't get in her way. And you never really get a sense as to why. Because she doesn't really do anything. Yeah, You're yeah. just told she's a she's evil or she's bad, but you never see her actually doing anything. Yeah, she's a girl boss. Like. Yeah. But, like, in this, she's a girl boss, but she's, like, you know, in the pay of the CIA. Yeah. <laughs> like, trying to overthrow a government in South America. And you're, like, like, anyone watching that is, like, oh, I don't know about this. You know, maybe, in, like, even now, more, more so now than before, maybe. Mm. Um. But like she's she's the bad guy, and you get like a it sort of leans on the whole sort of setup, being completely immoral in the first place. Like the fact that they have like prisoners, mm. like from the American prison system, and they stick like a bomb inside their head, and they send them off to to go do these suicide missions, yeah, in the service of American imperialism, pretty much, which is obviously a horrifying idea. You know, it's like it's basically like Gu- Guantanamo prisoners getting sent off into fucking syria or something yeah. like oh go fucking take this base yeah because that's that's the basic setup to it and like the whole idea like they're villains but they're good they can redeem themselves by being villainous in a different kind of way stuff like yeah, that Yeah, like the right kind of villainous yeah for america yeah, yeah. and like the whole, like we've always been at least in the superhero genre up till now or like even in general even at the end of this film doesn't really live up to it uh like you're just supposed to sort of sidestep or like look away from the fact that the things that are happening in like a broader kind of sense are also pretty like vague mm-hmm. and v- pretty like villainous in a way. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole, even the whole thing about like, uh, was it Shield and stuff like that? Like yeah. the Marvel Shield is basically just the CIA and it's just was never really touched on or like they never really grapple with that kind of thing. But yeah, then they introduced the uh, Idris Elba's character, mm. who's basically a stand-in for like Will Smith's. He's basically dead, dead shot. shot. He's just dead shot. I think his name is uh, Bloodsport. Mm. And he's really good with guns and stuff like that. He's like he's basically a, dead. Shot. He's just a gangster. I wonder why they didn't get Will Smith to do it again. I don't know because it is set in the same universe and all. Like. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't do that. It's also interesting thing that you say that characters actually die in the Suicide Squad in this one because honestly, one character like El like Diablo dies mm. because he he sacrifices himself to to take out because like Enchantress has a brother and he sacrifices himself to take out that he's the only one from the suicide squad who actually dies all the fucking incidental soldiers that are with them end up dying but no one of actual importance yeah, dies yeah. they're probably like assuming they'd have like shoot off films and stuff like yeah. that yeah i have not i don't know what the fuck they thought they were going to do with that film yeah but like lots of people die in this you know like even um like blood or what's his name yeah bloodsport has that whole thing like i got from the trailer that Deadshot has a thing with like his daughter and stuff or, like yeah he does it's like, awful man it's, it's so bad it's literally copied and pasted into into this film oh, with Jesus. the same thing with uh, Bloodsport like they're just not like they're not ashamed about it they mm. just like it just seems like a complete carbon copy it's just, this is a remake or a reboot of pretty much yeah Sex yeah so it's like a X-Men Days of Future Past kind of thing it's like a retcon pretty much yeah but um, they uh, like the, the original squad gets wiped out straight away on the beaches uh, but they have this second, this like sort of auxiliary squad, which has gone in as well. And uh, it has Idris Elba, um, was it John Cena, um, 
and a few other lads. Mm-hmm. Lo- loads of the, the shark with them. Yeah, the shark. Yeah, yeah he's great. Yeah. He looks so much fun, man. He just yeah. looks like a good Groot character. Yeah, he's the Groot character, but like he doesn't really say. It. He's just like he's just like an idiot. Like mm-hmm. like he's it's not like he just says one thing. Like he's just he's just really dumb. And he's a shark. And he just eats things and stuff. He's a very basic kind of character. Yeah. But he's great. Like he's great. Like comic relief or whatever. And they have some other characters as well. But they go in and like they're kind of doing it more like sort of sort of like, and uh, they have to go. The first they have to go rescue Rick Flag, who's been captured by the enemy, and they go into the like this base. Uh, and it's full of like gorillas, like uh, these like sort of soldiers and stuff like that. And it's just it's like a compilation of like John Cena and and, uh, and Idris Elba like taking out like obliterating everyone inside. Mm-hmm. Like they kill dozens of people. And it's all shown in like full gore, like throughout the entire yeah. thing. And then the, eventually they get into this tent and it's Rick Flag sitting across from uh, this woman, and uh, he's like completely relaxed, like he's not captured at all. And he's like he's like, hey, what, what are you doing here? And they're like, what are you doing here? And uh, it turns out that, like, all, all the people that they just killed were, like, part of the rebels that the, the Americans were backing. It's, like, a really, like, <laughs> kind of funny setup. And, and she's like, where's my family? And it's like, oh, we didn't see anyone on the way in here, you know. So it's, like, oh, it's, just, it's very, very good, you know. But, yeah, they have to, then they have to capture this whole prison kind of thing. And uh, the whole idea is that, like, it's fallen into the hands of this authoritarian, like, military uh, rogue state. And it's like an alien. It's an alien intelligence that the Americans found out in space. That's like it's like a starship, or it's a, no, it's a, it's a starfish that like shits out other starfish, which are like face huggers, and like they like latch onto your face. And it's like it's like a you know the the SpongeBob movie sort mm-hmm. of a setup where Plankton has the buckets on people's oh, heads. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that where like the oh the the controls man. Yeah, they, and it's like uh, <clears throat> anyone who gets like. Uh, attacked by the facehuggers becomes like a conduit of this massive mm-hmm. alien starfish and it's like it's really fucked up and they have all like like within the prison itself they have all these like slaves like these like opponents of the about the former government like the american government american uh pro-american government and like this new sort of military one that's like cracking down on opposition and stuff like that and it's like portrayed as like this horrible kind of like uh crime against humanity like we need democracy in this country and all it's like mm-hmm. really like basic talking points and for ages it's really annoying me because i like to have like they do have this like really like cynical view of american power in that kind of region yeah but at the same time you have this like kind of rebel force that it's like oh these are also bad maybe even worse than the americans <laughs> yeah that's yeah. that's the thing yeah it's like oh like the royals that we were backing before they were terrible but this military government they're way worse mm. but we have these these rebels who are like don't really believe in anything but like like th- th- they're the people who need to be in power mm-hmm. but uh it's portrayed as this horrible war crime within the kind of black ops site. But then the whole thing is Peter Capaldi's character goes on this, like he has this big fucking villainous spiel where he goes on a rant about how it's actually, it's like an American owned site. Yeah. Like, it's, like it's, pre- it's pretty much just an American military base, which they're trying to recapture. And like all the, all the war crimes, all the human experimentation and all of the, like the, like the Nazis were doing, like extending like uh, Mengele's work post-war apparently yeah. in this in this uh military base and he was saying that this is all funded and like uh aided and abetted by the americans and by by washington dc and so there's a big conflict within the suicide squad which i, I thought was really cool and it's a really fun film has loads of gore and it's just like very funny yeah very funny stuff i'm definitely gonna go see this in the cinema you should definitely see yeah, it. i yeah. know i definitely am i think me and is might see it on the weekend it seems like a fucking blast um because i've just heard everyone raving about it and in the scene it's like yeah, this is this is a really good film, mm. especially like in contrast to the first one. 
Yeah, that's the thing, yeah. Like, the, what you're saying, like, about, like, the complexity of this, like, what it's doing about politics and stuff like that, the first one is literally beam in the sky we got to take out the beam in the sky yeah 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 like well, that's that's it like a lot of those films are all very very similar you know but this has a different it's a different kind of it's more nuanced anyway like it does fall into a lot of traps and there's like twists and turns at the end which are like like welcome surprises you yeah because you, you never usually get that it's usually very, you don't it's, expect it's it. very very telegraphed in all those films but this one has like it's kind of like it keeps you guessing all the way through and i had a lot of fun watching it mm. and so it's only two hours long you know yeah Definitely. You can't lose. Exactly. You can't lose. Can't lose with the Suicide Squad. You can't lose. DC are after taking a turn. Have they? Like even in terms of, like Birds of Prey, like Birds of Prey is meant to be like very good as well. I've heard a lot of people saying Birds of Prey is very good, and you know, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League was also apparently very good mm. or pretty good, better than you'd expect. Anyways, what most people were saying, like yeah, way better than you yeah. think it's gonna be. Um. Which is weird because they stumbled the ball so much at the start. Even in terms of like Aquaman and stuff like that, which you talked about, you know, a while back. Like that film's kind of shit. But these mm. are genuinely good films that are achieving what they're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Just coming back from like the pits, you know. Yeah. They, they, they literally couldn't have done a worse job. I wonder if like <laughs> the wonder, first part of it. Like. I wonder if that's part of it. Is like this is an amazing film because holy compared to other films, this film is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the Suicide Squad. I hadn't even heard. I hadn't even watched the original one. But I knew it was terrible. Mm. And this one, it's like... It's on Netflix as well. Is it, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, but this one's just like straight out the gate. You're like, just sign me up. Mm. I'm like, I'm invested in this, you know? Because it's, it's like... It's Fun. like, it, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy kind of thing. Kind of vibe. Yeah. All the way through. Loads of jokes. Loads of great bits. That's what you want. Recommended. That's what Absolutely you want. recommended, you know? Great great, uh, great return to the cinema. Mm. Yeah, what else? Oh, Wonder Woman as well. The most recent Wonder Woman is pretty divisive, though. Well, the, the new one, nine, I'm pretty, 1984. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's meant to be shit. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't. Like, I hadn't seen much about it. Interesting. DC taking a turn. Fair play to them. DC back on the buzz. Back on the buzz. Fair fucking play to them. They're doing it well. Dude, they're doing it well. Aye. Just like how the French make good movies. Ah, those perverts. Those dirty bastards. The French coming out with Raw from 2018, 2017. I can't remember. Mm. Around that time. One of them. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I watched Raw uh, on the weekend. This movie fucked me up. This movie is amazing. Honestly, this film's fantastic. What is it? Um, basic premise. Minor spoilers for Raw. I think it's better off if you just go in, you know, not knowing anything. But um, it's about a 16-year-old, like, kind of uh, wonder child, I guess. Like, she's a genius, basically. She's got into college, you know, early um, because of who her family are, and her sister is also like really smart, and she gets into veterinary college uh, at the age of sixteen, and uh, she's a vegetarian, and her whole family are vegetarians. But part of the hazing process is that they have to eat um, they have to eat raw rabbit liver or something, or maybe it's a kidney. I can't remember. The hazing process in vet college. Yeah, fuck man. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, man. <laughs> the shit that they do is fucking mental. In this those vets. <laughs> <laughs> crazy fuckers yeah, yeah um but when she eats the uh eats the 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 the, the, fucking, liver. the, the liver yeah uh next next morning next night she has a this fucked up rash all over her body and she's scratching herself and i was cringing when she scratched like the sound effects of it and it's all flaky yeah. and it's just like you're just like please stop scratching yourself <laughs> yeah. this is ah yeah. oh. i don't know whatever it is about like the sound that they use it 
it got it gets to you. It's like a body horror kind of thing. It is like a body horror type of thing. You're yeah. just like, uh, it's re- yeah, it's body horror basically, mm. and it's like just disgusting. Um, but then she starts eating like raw chicken and stuff like that. You're like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no. and then Ugh. she slowly and maturely re- like realizes she has a, a desire to eat human flesh. Ah. And the movie goes places with this. Um, down some really fucked up places, um, but like the whole thing in the film is that like the cannibalism and the way the, you know, awakening to your you know your inner urges as a cannibal is like directly tied to you know, she's sixteen, she's like you know discovering herself, she's discovering her sexuality, mm. and it's all to do with that. Um, she's uh, when she first arrives into the college, um. And there's like all these noises because like all the seniors are coming in to like pull all the the rookies out of their bed to bring them off to get to do the first part of their hazing process. Um, a guy comes into her room and she's like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" He's like, "Oh, I'm your roommate." And she's like, "I requested a girl." And he's like, "Well, you got a gay guy, so here you go." <laughs> um, <laughs> but like they start to have a, to develop a relationship, and just like all these different things, and like just there's a bit where like she's staring at at her uh, her roommate as he's playing football, and he's his his shirt off, dude. He's a handsome man, very handsome man, and uh, she's there looking at him, and she's like biting her lip and stuff like that. But like, it's like, is it that she wants to fuck him or is it that she wants to eat him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and she has a very strange relationship with her sister, um, and there's some reveals with her sister as well, um, and it just goes down these weird fucking places. But the 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 horror in this film, like squirm squirmy shit like just watching her eat things is fucking disgusting there's a bit right where it shows her like eating her hair and then afterwards it cuts and she's throwing up her hair like fucking loads of hair Mm. and i was gagging while watching that's a thing though isn't it pika yeah people do that oh man it was like fucking like a cat hairball like oh man like strings of hair coming out of her mouth it's like (coughs) you're watching it as well and you're fucking gagging like she is it's horrendous (laughs) it's like it's like some of the best body horror i've seen in ages yeah that's kind of cool that like it evokes like a good or response Mm. in a viewer you know yeah especially like you've seen like i've seen some some fucked up shit (laughs) (laughs) like yeah if it's provoking that response that's pretty it's pretty cool. Is this on Shudder, yeah? Yeah, it's on Shudder. It's on American Shudder. I had to use my VPN for it. Oh. But um, well worth the watch. Well worth the watch. And mm. it's short as well. 90 minutes. Oh, right. Yeah, and yeah. Let me tell you, you'll, you you'll be thinking about it afterwards. Yeah. Especially so. like there's some reveal. There's a reveal at the end and I lost my shit. <laughs> 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 lost it. Yeah. Um, it's almost like black comedy the end of the film. Um, and it's like, it's a gory film. It's more of like a fucking, it's not even like it's a horror film. But it's like, it's more like a really fucked up coming of age story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I watched, I watched a Shiva Baby a while ago, and never talked about it on the podcast. But that's like a similar thing where it's like, well, Raw is way more explicitly horror because it's about a cannibal and mm. people die and people get eaten. Is that um, horror? Shiva Baby is basically a horror film, man. Is it? Wait, what is that again? I've heard it's that. It's better. Times. It's about this girl, and she's going to. A funeral or something. I can't remember what it is. I think she's going to a funeral, and like, there's just tensions because like she she at the start of the, at the start of Shiva baby, and we see her having sex with this dude, and then when she comes to the uh, the family event, and um, 
he's also there. Mm. And it's like, oh shit, she's had her fucking umbrella, relative, but she didn't. She's actually fucked her, uh, some relation to her husband. And there's this tension over that, but it's also like family pressures of what she's going to do with her life. And she's like distracted. And then it gets uh. worse because it revealed, oh no, he has a kid as well. And it's like this mounting tension that's going on. Mm. And it's like trying to, Chiva Baby's fantastic. It, it has like sound effects that are like straight out of hereditary though. Like some of the music is like very. It's like a domestic kind of horror. Oh yeah, domestic yeah. family horror. It's Shiva Baby's fantastic. That sounds it's, cool. It's less than eighty minutes. I think it's seventy-seven minutes. Is it? That's 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 recent, isn't it? That's it's on movie as well. Yeah, that's what I most most saw. Yeah. yeah, I have to watch that. Shiva so. Baby's fantastic as well. Uh-huh. Really, really good film. Um, and Raw's Raw's more explicitly a horror film, but like. The horror in it is like body horror, but also like she's being pressured to do things to like conform with the hazing process and to try and fit in and all this other stuff. Great movie. Raw is fantastic. I, I highly recommend Raw. Highly yeah, recommend. That sounds really cool. Yeah. Mm. More body horror. We need we need that, you know. Body horror. I love body horror. Yeah. Fucks you up. Not fucks like up. more like like Possessor. Or no, it's that the Brandon Cronenberg one that has some body horror, but that's like a dude's fucking mouth getting ripped apart, basically. Um, I prefer body horror where it's like, like her puking up fucking hair was one of the most fucking visceral reactions to anything I've ever fucking had in my life. Yeah. Pure gagging when I was watching it. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Yeah, it never. I don't hear that very often. You know, you having like a crazy like that kind of reaction. Yeah. 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 It doesn't happen to me much, but when it does, it hits. <laughs> yeah, I can even hack that stuff, you know? You'd enjoy Raw. Mm. Like, it's not... Cause it's yeah, not, it's, it's not like gore. It's not gore. It's like a kind of different thing. Yeah, it's a simple... It's it's someone throwing up hair, and you're like, yeah. this is the worst thing I've ever fucking yeah, seen. Yeah, <laughs> it's so simple. But yeah. It's, it's, hor- horrifying. it's just the idea of it as well. And yeah. it's like... And she keeps, like, pulling out more from, yeah. like... You get, like, you know... Because, you know, I don't know, have you ever, like, choked on, like, spaghetti or something? And you, like, you pull out, like, a, a long string of spaghetti from your mouth. Yeah, yeah. It's like that, but, like, Slimy. clumps of slimy hair. Yeah, yeah. That's not right. Nah, man, it's that fucked ain't right. up. Fucked up. Yeah. What you been watching as well? Did you watch something else? Uh, I watched uh, The Woman in Black. Ever watched that? Daniel Radcliffe one. I, I, yes, I, I, I have. I watched this years ago. Man, yeah, I watched this years ago. It's, I used, used to scare the shit out of me. I shat my pants as soon as watching it. It is the best jump scare horror film. Yeah. It's like, it's amazing. I, when I watched it in cinemas, I think it's 2012, I think. Yeah, I think it's 2011, 2012. 2011, 2012, yeah. When I watched it in cinemas, like, proper jump. I jumped, like, proper jumped, mm. like, three or four times. Yes, yeah, I watched this at home. Mm. And I was like, this is fucking scary. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I watched it um, on, like, Friday or something. And it's just like, I just felt like watching it. Because mm. I hadn't seen it in so long. I remember I read the book back in the day as well. I think I read the book after I watched the film. And uh, it's just like, it's just classic gothic horror. Mm. Like pure genre, you know, genre fair. Like just like ripping like fucking conventions out of like, uh, you know, 19th century horror, mm. horror fiction. Uh, I think the book itself was written like the 1990s. It's kind of different to the film as well from what I remember. The book is very good though. Mm. Its book is also very creepy. Um I like I I used to love it. Something I haven't really read into. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I need to read more of that type of stuff because it's hard to get scared. You know, reading books. Yeah, but it's also hard. It's like when was the last time you were properly scared by a film? You know. Yeah, properly scared. You no, know, yeah, yeah, rare, mm. a rare occurrence. Like, is that a thing that we're never gonna, never gonna see? I don't know. It's just like certain. Is things. that like a, it's like a childhood thing? 
I don't know. When I watched Hereditary for the first time. That was scary, yeah. That was That's scary. true. That's twenty eighteen, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, when I when I watched when I watched Woman in Black, I was like it was like it was the same time as like conjuring stuff. Mm. I used to think I used to put them in like the same kind of uh same kind of box. Like kind of gothic, like uh vintage kind of horror. Like both deliberately call back to old yeah. forms. Like the Woman in Black was produced by the revival of uh the Hammer production company. Oh really? Yeah, the lads who did uh, like Dracula, the, the old horror film. Yeah, yeah, Hammer Horror. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. They like rebooted themselves, like, and the first film they made was was this with the woman in black, which uh, is like sort of you know great comeback to be fair. Great comeback, you know. Yeah. It's, it sort of explains why I liked it so much. Um, because it's just it's just basically a remake of those kinds of films, yeah. but like with modern actors and like modern techniques and stuff like that. It has Kieran Hines in it as well, the Irish actor. I don't know who that is. Oh, you know him to see. Yeah. Uh, he's in like Game of Thrones stuff like that. He's very, very good. Um, it's like the basic story like your man, Daniel Rad- Radcliffe's character, and he's like a lawyer, and he's like collecting papers relating to the death of one of the, one of his uh, his firm's clients, but also his wife is dead, and like he's he's like uh, mourning that, and he has a kid and stuff. And he's going out into the middle of nowhere, like the arse end of nowhere, in like the countryside in England. And it's like the it's like the moors and stuff, and it's like a bog. Yeah, he has to go to a house, but like yeah. once like the the tide comes in and you can't like leave the house or something. Yeah, isn't it's it? like a tombola or a tombolo or whatever. Yeah, one of those Some, geographic yeah. terms. Yeah, what are, yeah, I have no <laughs> idea. Yeah, <laughs> but like yeah, you can go out at low tide. You can go, there's like a path out, but there's no way back. <laughs> there's no way back after. Why would anyone I, leave <laughs> a house like that? <laughs> <laughs> like that's clearly haunted. Yeah. Don't go there. Like. <laughs> Like, it's the most obviously haunted house you'll ever see. Especially when he walks up to her, you're like, get the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's so creepy. But, like, at the same... It's, like, so stupid. Like, obviously, you wouldn't... Like, if that happened in real life, you'd be like, no, no way. way. <laughs> I'm not going up there, man. But, like, it's just... It's so creepy. And it's just... It's, like... It's, it's that 19th century... Even, like, the 19th century books are, like, horror fiction and stuff like that. Uh, Like, stuff like... What was it? Uh, Castle of Otranto or whatever. What was that? Remember that? Yeah. Like, yeah. there's different short stories. I can't remember what the fuck it was called. Yeah, that one. Yeah, cast something like that. Different short stories, but I'm, they they would evoke yeah. all that kind of thing. It's mm. like a romantic kind of a uh, gothic vision. What are you doing? Yeah, it's just like, it's like, <laughs> what are you doing, man? Like, it's clearly haunted. But like, this whole idea that, like, places are, like, carrying the memories of things that happened before. Like, they're, they're, like personifying... Sites of trauma. Yeah, sites of trauma, yeah. Personifying places and stuff like that. And like these, like almost these, rec- these recordings of trauma replaying themselves, like in the present, and it's like, like that's basically what, basically what happens, mm. essentially, because uh, he goes to the gaff, and uh, weird things obviously start happening. There's dolls in the house as well. Oh man, man. I, I completely <laughs> forgot about the dolls. You're just reminding me there. That was fucking. T- yeah, like, yeah. Let alone, let alone walking into a gaff that like once you're in there, <laughs> you can't fucking leave because the tide. But you walk in and there's these dolls. I, yeah, I'd be like, nah, nah. I was like, I'm, I'm fucking <laughs> sleeping outside. I'm <laughs> swimming back to shore. I'd rather drown than stay in this gaff. Like, uh, like yeah, the dolls. They're horrible. Because oh, I com- I completely forgotten about them. And you know, there's, there's like a Joker one, like a like clown kind of thing. Mm. And uh, like they're all going like like he'll be alone in the gaff, uh, like doing his papers, and he closes his eyes for some reason. It's like, man, don't close your eyes. It's like there's no. <laughs> It's pitch black in there. There's no one else in the gaff. It's a haunted gaff, and uh, and then suddenly all these like uh, 
It's like like monkeys with like uh, symbols and stuff like like. Oh, s- fuck! I forgot what those. Yeah, things. hear no evil, see no evil, all that stuff, and they start going off. And it's just like, what the fuck was that? You know, uh, but like it's so subtle. Like there's only I think there's only three or four times that you actually see like the ghost. I remember distinctly one part in the film where like it's a shot of uh, Danny <laughs> Danny Radcl- Radcliffe, mm. and um, he's like taking up like you know like three quarter like two thirds of the screen or whatever and just behind him you can see something yeah and i don't know how there's like a science to it where like they know exactly when your eye is drawn to it and then it just turns around and you realize oh shit it's the fucking woman of black behind it's the him fucking woman, man. or it's i think it's the same scene where he's or like maybe it's a it's like a the later one but like he's looking out the window and it's just like it's just uh it's like looking out on the marsh mm. but it's just oh my God, it's yeah. just in front of the house so there's like trees and like sort of brambles and stuff like that so like it's just kind of like it's all sort of blends into one but like you're looking around and it sort of lingers for like four seconds and just then, long and enough for you to- just long enough for you to catch on the fact that there's a woman standing there like sort of very small just sort of staring at him mm. and you're like oh my god this film is you know like the best moment for me in hereditary was the moment where like it's the shot of him getting out of the bed and it just lingers for ages, and you're like, "What am I meant to be looking at?" And then you look at the top left hand corner, and fucking yeah. Collette, what the fuck is her name? Tony Collette is there in the corner, and you're just like, yeah. "This film is like filled with moments like that." Where like the jump scares, I wouldn't even call them jump scares because, like, your eye is drawn to where the jump scare is gonna happen, mm. just as it's about to happen. Yeah, it's really like. There's like, like, like the, a signs to how the film does it. Yeah, like yeah, I wouldn't even call it a jump scare because the first, like I remember the first big scare that got had everyone jumping in the in the cinema was uh he's just he's in the gap and he's looking around it's the first time there and uh, he's up in like one of the he's up in the bedroom I think I think it's it's just before the scene where he mm. you see her behind him um it's like a, it's like a minute or two before that and he's just up there and he's looking around and like fucking he's, he's at the fireplace and something falls down it's just it's just a, like a bird mm. finds its way into the chimney that's the jump scare like there's yeah. nothing it's like it's just out of nowhere and it's nothing to do with the story really it's just like oh woohoo it's a fall it's, it's like a red herring kind yeah of red herring it's like it's like it's like unseating you from like your comfort zone and then like everything else is kind of like uh like it has so many of those kinds of moments where it's like you expect something to happen and then it doesn't and then like eventually it's like out of nowhere, like the woman will be there, and you'll be like, "Oh, what the fuck is that?" You know? Yeah. And just like it's just very, very good horror. It's exactly what you want. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing exciting or like, um, like new about it. Really, it's just extremely well done. It's yeah. like it's like The Conjuring, just very, very well done. Um, you know, and the whole like ah uh, trauma, like sort of replaying itself. Quite a sad film. A very it is uh, a very sad film. Yeah, because the whole thing, she's like, she's a uh, sort of. She's broken up at the fact that her son drowned in the marshes, and they have to go recover his body to mm. sort of appease her ghost. And um, but is it enough to appease her ghost? That's the whole thing. Mm. Um, that's only eighty minutes long as well. It's so short. Is it? Yeah, it's so short. I, I actually thought it would. I'm watching this this uh, this Halloween. It's very good. It's because uh, uh, I thought it was going to go on longer, but it's like you know the way a film will like will linger like a bit too long. Yeah. Like I. Uh, t- like sort of a side note, I watched Eurovision. You know, that's the one with Will Ferrell. Yes. Completely like tangential. <laughs> like n- not, opposite not, ends of opposite like the film ends. spectrum. I think we watched them back to back. But uh, 
Eurovision, like whatever. It's not great, you know. It's pretty shit to be honest. Yeah. But like, it's it goes on for like an hour and a half, and you're like, this is the end. But it goes like there's a whole another like act. For some reason, it's like an act four. Man, you know, I watched. It just does that for no reason. I watched fucking Talented Mr. Ripley this weekend. Oh, right, yeah. But very good film. Very, very good film. I enjoyed it a lot. But at one point, like, the, the film, like, kept going. Like, we had paused one stage when when a major event happened. And I was like, what the fuck? There's an hour left in this film. Yeah, yeah. And then we had paused another time. I was like, how the fuck is there half an hour left in this film? Yeah. Like, it happened twice in the film. I was like, this is going on for ages. I'm like... So much has happened. So much happens in Talented Mr. Ripley, where like I was like, surely this is the end. But then it's just even longer to go, and like mm. I was a bit bored at a certain stages. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you, you could have like Eurovision, not a great example because like it wasn't very good to begin with, but like it could have been completely acceptable and like you know watchable at least mm. about you know ninety minutes. Like cut it off in ninety minutes, and it's all right. It's just like, kind of like a you know standard like half romantic, half comedy kind of thing. Uh, but then it goes on for another like half an hour, forty minutes for no reason really. Yeah. Just to sort of like puff it out. But it, it lingers way beyond its uh its welcome, you know. But like Woman in Black does the exact opposite, where like you're, you're like really getting into it, and it's like you're, like you're reaching the peak, and you have like the whole uh you know the sort of the main incident uh, in the house. Uh, but then it's just like it's it very quickly sort of drops off, and it's like, like this is the end, mm. which is like not a bad thing. Yeah. Definitely not a bad thing. Because it, it just like it sort of ends very very quickly, um, like a ghost just disappears, you yeah, know, dissolves. Uh, but like it's o- only eighty minutes. Like you just you have that horrible moment, um, out in the swamps, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's a whole other horrible moment. But like that's the end of the film, you know. Yeah. Um, very very good, very good stuff. The very completely different ending to the to the book though. How does the book end? The book ends with his wife is alive in the book. Oh, and there's a big happy ending, but it's a false ending, which is sort of maybe sort of uh, the inspiration they took for the film mm. in a way or whatever. Uh, it's like a false kind of ending where like you assume everything because you know the way at the end of the film everything seems fine. Yeah, but then it's not. Yeah, very it's, suddenly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Something awful happens really quickly. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. The book is like that as well, but commits way more to it, and there's like a lot more sort of uh, time dedicated to it. And then all of a sudden, it's like way more horrific as well. Um, There's like a, a big accident like yeah. in the like a public park and stuff. Very, I mean, the book is scary. It's one of those, one of the few like books that like proper like spooked me mm. back in the day. Good spooky books. I need to find more of those. Yeah, they need to make more of them. When I when I watched this film, you know, years ago, it was, I was watching it with my mom and my sister. It was like one of the first like when we started getting into horror films, like as a family, like, mm. and uh, we were watching it. And I was living in Dunny Kearney at the time. And the way that my Dunny Kearney, the Dunny Kearney house that worked was we had our living room and then behind like the living room, like kind of like open plan kind of job, was the dining room and then to the side was the was the toilet. Like there was the downstairs toilet, there was the only toilet in the house. And I went to the toilet and I came back. But my mom was sitting with her back to the to the uh to the dining room and my sister was sitting on the couch and the couch was on the side and she, my sister could see me and I just stood there after watching Woman in Black I just stood there <laughs> and my sister was talking to my mom and then she like froze and she stopped but my <laughs> mom didn't know what, what was behind her and I just started laughing like going <laughs> and my mom fucking uh, left out of her fucking skin <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Jesus that, that would that would spook you mm. like spook you oh my god 
It was like it was a proper like woman in black jump scare that I didn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were the woman in yeah. black. <laughs> the owner in black. <laughs> yeah. I love that sort of spook myself out. Spook, you know, just getting spooked I out. I love getting scared. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. love getting scared. Yeah. There's something about it. There's something about something it. about getting scared that's great. Yeah. We go for a break before we get on to go for a break for before. Before. Before what? And now on to our recommended movies before sunset. No, before sunrise, before sunset, and before midnight. The before trilogy. Starring Ethan Hawks. Hawk? Ethan Hawk. Ethan Hawk. Judy Delphi. Directed by Richard Linklater. A la School of Rock. <laughs> His School greatest film ever made. <laughs> yeah, one of the greats. Um, yeah, the Before Trilogy. Uh, summary, we see uh, Jesse and uh, Celine in, in their first meeting. Then nine years later, the second meeting. And then we catch up with them nine years on again in Greece. So we, Vienna, Paris, and then Greece. Mm, 18 years. 18 years span. It's like Boyhood, but like yeah, he's mad separate films. Yeah, he's mad for his... Uh, Ethan Hawke is also in Boyhood as well. Yeah, he must be great mates with uh, Rick. Yeah, he must be. Ricky. Ricky Linklater. Good old Ricky. Yeah, no, this is... Uh, I, 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 actually, I adore these films. I loved these movies. I fell in love with these films. Yeah. Much like the characters themselves. Mm-hmm. It's so comfy. I'd heard that this was like... These were one of the greats. I've always been meaning to watch these same like for a long time but I just been, never got around to it we've said it to each other off podcast constantly so it's like fuck it we'll just we'll just do it we'll just do all three of them especially because the middle one's 80 minutes long yeah it's only it's like what was it four hours all together yeah each one is an hour and a half basically yeah 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 they're, they're lovely and short and there's no uh, there's no lag you know no. there's no lag in there it's holy just, shit it's like, just there's a, such a flow to everything for it's, films that are just conversation these are the greatest films ever made <laughs> yeah there's nothing to these films it's it's just the two there's only two characters really mm. except for like the last film you have a f- like a few yeah for of, one scene you have a few more. yeah you have a few kind of side characters but they're 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 just there to add a bit of accent to the thing you know yeah. develop the themes give the give the main character something to talk about but like for some something that it's just two characters talking for nearly four hours, like it's it's like it's just hard to not want to like not watch it. Yeah. Like even like I, like I was skipping through tabs at different points. But like I, like you were saying before, it's it's like a podcast almost. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's just, like a podcast. You can just kind of listen to it in the background, but also yeah. when you do look over, like it's the, it's really well shot. Yeah. The feeling of the cities that they're in as they're walking around, you get a, a, a vibe from where they're walking around. That adds to it visually. Visually, these films are stunning as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a real sense of uh, of like scale and mm. like place, like a really like clear sense of place. Because it's like the first one's set in Vienna, and then the second one's in Paris, and the third one's in like uh, the Peloponnese Islands or mm. something like that in Greece. Um, it's like a grand tour of Europe, like yeah. But it's a, uh, it's like man I wish I was in those cities you know man <laughs> as soon as the first one started I was like oh, I want a holiday so bad yeah yeah oh my fucking god uh, the last one was the worst of that I was just like like they're, they're they're in Greece for six weeks and they're on their holidays <laughs> yeah and they're on their holidays in Greece for six weeks I was like I am so jealous of these people yeah. like I want to be these people you know so bad just fucking chilling in the sun, riding, having nothing to do. Yeah. Like, oh, what do we do? We'll just chat. We'll just chat. Chat, chat for, about philosophy. Yeah, for ages, yeah. Yeah. And we'll go through the first. We'll do it chronologically. We'll go through the first one, second one, third one. Yeah, yeah. Makes the most sense. Um, but like, 
now having watched the trilogy in full because i didn't realize that they actually ended up with each other i thought that was the whole thing of the before trilogies that the characters actually never end up with each other but mm. then obviously by the the third one we realized no they they do yeah the opening scene yeah yeah, yeah. it's a, and it's a great we'll get on to that one, but like it's a great fucking reveal in the third one it's like oh no these are like established like they've had their they have kids together and stuff like by the third one mm. um and it's a great like reveal because he's talking to his son and then he comes out and then Judy Delphi's there and like, oh, like, what? Right, they okay, didn't realize that. But that makes so much sense. But the first one immediately starts out with an, with an old couple having an argument and that's what causes Judy Delphi to get up and sit beside Ethan Hawke. I never noticed that. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. which only looking at my notes now that I cop like, oh, right, yeah. That makes sense. That's like what, that, that's what they end up that's, as. It's, <laughs> it's like he planned it 18 years in advance. Yeah, it is. I don't yeah. know, like... Man, he, like, how do you do that? He, he, uh, did he? Did he did plan doing that? that? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. But that's, that's so the, weird. The inciting moment for these characters to, you know, start to bond is an old couple having an argument and Judy and Elfie getting up and sitting beside Ethan Hawke and they just start up a conversation and they just start talking and then we move on from there. But it's funny in the first one that they're like, they're like, ah, oh, imagine being an old, an old couple giving out. Would hate to be those two. Yeah. Little did you fuckers know. <laughs> you didn't see the third film. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, like Jesse and Celine, um, like just incredible characters that you just want to chill around with as well. Yeah, very, especially uh, the first one, very developed, straight in there. Very, uh, there's like a really clear sense of who they are as characters, you know, straight away. Like it, it, even the way they talk, I, I think a lot of it is, um, it's like maybe it's not like improvised. I know that um, when he was developing the the series, or at least the first film, like he got. Like he has uh, the the writing credits is Richard Linklater and uh, another woman who we should know the name of. I'm gonna look her up right now. Yeah, because I know that like uh, Richard Linklater when he was right when he was developing the film. I don't know if this is what you're gonna if this is what yeah, you're gonna yeah. say. Yeah, he said he wanted the film to be fifty fifty between. He didn't want it to just be like a man's perspective of a relationship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you got Kim Krizan apparently. Uh, she's on board, and she was uh, she's like a co-writer with him. And then obviously the two main characters played by Ethan Hawke and Julie Delby, and they were they were sort of brought in, and, and they were allowed to work with yeah, the script as well. They're allowed to like rewrite different parts, and like there's like some scope for improvisation and stuff like that. Um, so in a way, he was like, it wasn't just like like the way a usual director would would uh, would get the actors on board. It's like bringing the actors on board to the director's vision. Whereas uh, I saw in an interview, I think it was Ethan Hawke saying that like the, the the process for the before trilogy was to get the actors involved in the vision itself, like mm. you know, like like a kind of a, a social process to like it's like a collective vision. It's not just a Richard Linklater film. Yeah. It's like sort of all four of these characters. Yeah. Or all four of these people. It's the best way to make a movie is collaboration. Collaboration. Yeah. You teamwork. Know? Teamwork. Teamwork yeah. makes the dream work. <laughs> As yeah, the lesson of this of this trilogy. Mm. Basically. But yeah, yeah, it's like uh, it's so well developed, uh, like the characters. Um, I think it has a lot to do with how much access the, the actors were given. Yeah. To the uh, like the script and stuff like that. Like straight away, Ethan Hawke's there chatting away, and it's just like, it's like, like you know this guy. Yeah. You know, like, like everyone knows someone like yeah, that. It's like I've you seen see, you. I've sat beside you before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, Julie Delpy, it's like, like her character, it's like Celine. It's just, it's the same thing, but like they're they're very very different. Like they're very different characters. Mm. You know, like there's there's nothing. It's not like a uh, 
like I don't know, like a Tarantino or a Sorkin kind of thing, where they talk the same way or like they have like the same viewpoints. Like they're very, yeah. very they're they're not just like they don't just have the different opinions. Like they have different ways of seeing the world and different ways of talking. Completely different viewpoints on like how mm. to view, like especially in the first film, very very different ways at looking at at the world. And I think that comes into him being an American and her being a European, and that like kind of culture clash between the two with how they view things. Um, to be honest, Jesse pissed me the fuck off in the first film. <laughs> like, 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 not entirely. Like, I was like, "Oh, you're a great guy." On the guy. train, like, not on the train. Like when they when they're at the palm reader, and he's just like, "Oh, she's just trying to steal your money, or whatever." Yeah, I was like, "Oh, shut up, man! You're ruining the moment." It's like, man, you you had an in. What yeah, are you doing? Yeah, what are you what doing? Are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> just up. go along with it. <laughs> shut yeah. the fuck up. Just that's what I f- I found that really cool because like, I was imagining like you know I've heard so many great things about the film about the films and I was imagining this kind of thing where it'd just be kind of like a, sappy I don't know, yeah like a, like a mutual kind of masturbation kind of thing where it's just like them and they're like perfect for each other and like these really you know cool characters and like you just admire them and you want mm. to be them but like uh, like after the first like the sort of the setup on the train they go out into, the, into Vienna uh, and they're looking around and like you get to a moment like that where a, a palm reader comes up and like they don't know each other really at this stage it's just Celine, Jesse mm-hmm. and they're still kind of getting to know each other they only they only met a few hours ago um, and like it's sort of like the palm reader comes up and she she's reading uh, Celine's hand and she's into it and she's like oh like it's really cool like what she's saying and stuff like that and Jesse's just like oh she's just trying to scam me like it's a very cynical outlook yeah. on it. it's like a scene like it, that really tells you a lot about uh, not not just the characters but like sort of develops um, the characters in a way that like like Jesse could have could have just been like this really suave cool yeah. guy who's like a perfect perfect man for this this random woman but he, like he's a very flawed kind of character and mm-hmm. he's very very different to her in a lot of ways and they, they, don't, they don't like meet perfectly in the middle on everything uh which is realistic which is yeah which is how everything is you know like, like any kind of relationship i have seen like i swear to god i have seen myself be that person and like, oh I'm trying, that's, what, that's what i was thinking yeah. i was like oh, i've done that <laughs> i've done that before and like yeah, yeah. i'm like tr- i'm trying not to be that anymore I'm like you just go with the flow more yeah. more so you know like don't because it's a magical little moment that like she's enjoying and you're just trying to fucking like be so cynical and be like oh it's trying to fucking steal steal your money or whatever but then later on they're having an argument about it Mm, and yeah, then the, she brings it up yeah she brings it up and it's like and they they have a prop they're having their first arguments and uh they're interrupted by this this poetry dude and the guy writes a fucking poem and like they're they're like when your man's writing the poem or whatever they're sitting they're they're by the side or whatever and they're like talking and Ethan Hawk, or jesse's just like i'm gonna refer to them because it's easy to remember yeah. the two characters names yeah. jesse's just like ah uh, yeah like you know whatever sorry basically and then they get the poem and they read the poem. The re- it's a really nice poem. And then they're walking away, and Jesse immediately, like straight fucking away, goes like, "Oh, you know, he probably he has like a set poem, and he just like slots in the word or whatever." Mm. And you're like, "Man, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? You're doing the same thing again." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, shooting himself in the foot. But yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's a. Uh, I I just love that the fact that he's very very flawed in yeah. like a really like. Like, like an obnoxious way, but like a really realistic way. Especially because he's young. Like yeah. He's 23. He's our age. Yeah. And he thinks he knows everything and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but he's also sound. He's also cool. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, you know, there's, there's so many different facets to him. But like, it's like not just him. It's it's her as well. Um, 
And it's not even the case of like, oh, he's a man, she's a woman. There's a lot of gender talk as well in the film. There's a lot of gender talk throughout all three of the films. Yeah, throughout all three. It's not just a case of like, oh, they don't understand each other because they're, you know, they're different, you know, different genders or whatever. It's like, it's, it's like a human thing. Like it is a ro- like the romance films at, at the end of the day, but it's like a lot of what a lot of the point is re- related to like social relationships just in general, mm. you know, stuff like that. Like people just have different ways of seeing it, and like she's kind of more like I don't know in touch with like emotions and stuff like that, more like a vibe kind of yeah. thing. Whereas he's like a kind of a cynical kind of rationalist, which and he's like the writer as well, which ties yeah. into that. Yeah, yeah, like he thinks you know he's got it sorted out. Mm-hmm. Where she's just kind of going with the flow yeah but they have like they also have like different sides of each other that like relate to different i don't know just different uh different facets of their own personalities you know mm. but yeah it's uh yeah, the first one's a a whirlwind you know very very romantic like oh, the most romantic out of all of them anyway easily because it's and like it ties into the fact that it's they're like young people in 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 vienna walking around and it's kind of dreamlike and how they're just kind of floating through Vienna and they may even mention at one part that like it feels like we're in a dream or whatever the fuck it's like a, you know, a famous scene in the film where they're talking about like oh what if we just wake up all of a sudden and this was all a dream because that's kind of the feel of it it's like this um oh what's the word I'm looking for um naivety in yeah. terms of love um because even like <laughs> like the fact that like you know she's just met this dude and she's gonna get off a train and go around with them yeah. it is a pretty fucking dodgy thing to do like <laughs> no, you, you would not do that in real life no like that wouldn't like you know like that's nine times out of ten that doesn't end well in real life yeah but at the same time that's the whole point of the first film it's like a romanticization of the idea of uh of romance of romance yeah and of like of like meeting someone and like a relationship and stuff like that it's it's like a complete kind of uh it's a fiction that you build up in your head but at the same time like there is there's like a base layer of truth to all of it, mm. um, but like it, it is, it's like very much the first one, very much caught up in like the whole whirlwind aspect of the beginning or something like that. Yeah, like the sort of uh, like you're sort of swept off your feet. Like both of them are just like completely smitten with each other, and uh, like they get on so well, and it just seems like everything's pointing towards something that can't happen. Like yeah. them, them being together. Like this was, this isn't something that this is gonna only last one one night. Exactly, but that like that adds to the romance yeah. almost because it's like oh like this is. It's just it's just pure passion, yeah. You know, pure passion. I like w- the most beautiful fucking moment in the film is when they're in the record shop and they go into the listening oh, booth scene, yeah. and they just listen to the music and the two of them <laughs> look at each other when the other person isn't looking and then when like like Jesse's looking at Celine and then when she looks at him he quickly darts away yeah. and then she's looking at him and then he kind of like looks at the record player and she darts away like these That's perfect like. super intimate moments perfect perfect that's one of the best scenes i've ever seen oh man it's beautiful and it's It's, so heartwarming and it's beautiful and you like it's it sums up the first film yeah that yeah that is a microcosm of the of the film yeah the first one anyway um and oh man i just i just love that scene so much and like even um the acting is amazing because like it's that thing where like you feel like you're like you're a third person walking around with these two people just like kind of watching them and you get these like really intimate moments like this really confined space and you're like in there like the camera is in this box with them and you can see all the little nuances that the actors are doing it really made me because i always felt like yeah ethan hawk and i've really heard of like 
uh, Judy Delphi in like much else, but like you know, everyone knows who Ethan Hawke is, yeah. and I've always heard like, hey, he's a great actor. Now I can fully see why. Yeah, he is. He's yeah. amazing. The two of them are phenomenal in these movies. Mm. Each like they're equally on par. Like I never really heard of Judy Delphi before, but this made me realize, oh yeah, I can see why Ethan Hawke is as regarded as an actor as he is. Yeah, the man's a king. Yeah, yeah. It's like the way they talk is so naturalistic as well. Like they, like they like misspeak and like talk over each other and stuff like that. I like they recognize at the start. It's like, oh, this is really awkward. Mm. You know, it's Which weird. Is, <laughs> it's it's, like, it's not something like worth filming, really. But at the same time, like that's like that's the sort of uh, I don't know the flow of it. Like that's the whole point of sort of the, the format. You know, it's just filming or like sort of telling the story like as it happens because mm. the, the whole the, like. All three films pretty much take place like according to the time that the story is actually happening. Yeah, you know, it's all very. It'll take a place over one day. Yeah, it's all in real time, pretty much, which is like, you know, because there's a whole there's a massive theme about time there, and transience. Yes, they mention like memories and like reliving your memories and stuff like that constantly throughout the films. Mm. It's like the the whole like the concept of like Kairos. Yes, like uh, opposed to like Chronos and stuff like that. Like, they have, they both have two characters with, like, you know, complete lives, and they have careers, and they have families and stuff like that, but, like, for, like, they're in this one place at this one time, and they recognize, you know, for a moment that this is, this is a moment that they will look back on, mm-hmm. even on the train, like, that's his justification, that's, that's his, uh, the way he convinces her to get off the train, Yeah, he's like, imagine 20 years, you're, you're married, and you're sort of, uh, unsure about your husband, you're, you're, you're having a bad time, or whatever, and you think back to like, oh, your your lost loves I could have been, uh, and I'm one of those guys. Yeah, Come join me just to disprove, yeah, just to show that I'm not worth going out with. Yeah, that I'm not like worth yeah. the I'm not worth the regret. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, which is cool because it's the whole, just the idea of like sort of time being compacted into these little little moments, little spaces, and like they're told in like three different parts across, you know. What decades mm. and uh, in the scope of the trilogy, um, yeah. It's and there's a moment as well where they're they're in a, they're in a they're in a graveyard, and Celine has been in Vienna before, and she's at a she brings uh, Jesse to to a graveyard, and it's like um like in a kind of unmarked kind of graveyard or something like there are people that have washed up from like accidents throughout the years or whatever yeah, from the Danube or whatever and um. She brings him over to one gravestone and it's a 13-year-old girl. And she's like, this is like one of the first moments I thought about death because I was, like, the girl's like 13 or whatever. And I was 13 when I saw this. And now I'm 23. And she's still 13. Yeah. Yeah, and the film, the, they're, they're full of like little lines like that to make you go, oh, fuck. Yeah, because you're watching this film now mm. and Celine is forever 13 or 23 now. Mm, like, yeah. this is like, this is the moment, like, this is a moment that's captured and held in time forever now yeah, like, the, yeah like Celine will always be 23 in this movie she'll always be 32 whatever I think she's 32 in the in the next one and then 41 in the, in the last one like these characters and the actors themselves will forever be this age and you can like it's almost like looking back at these characters you're reliving these memories for the characters basically yeah 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 it's a really cool sense of time and space yeah you know for a film Especially because they're walking around in spaces. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Even the names of the film, bef- names of the films, uh, like Before Sunrise, Before uh, Sunset, Before Midnight, all like these, like, they're all moments, like, that happen all the time, but at the same time, they're like, 
they're like key like liminal moments mm. like moments of like transition and stuff like that moments that like really matter like sort of define yes everything else yeah you know it's like how you define the day yeah um it's just like that concept of time because it's 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 throughout every film in, in the series I, I i found that really cool even just like what you're saying like that girl is always 13 like she she died at 13 that's why she'll always be celine is always going to be 23 and then the justification like in the first film i like imagine you're 40 years old and you're, un- you're unhappy in your marriage uh take this moment to diverge from a memory that hasn't been created yet mm-hmm. you know this whole idea of being aware of of remembering something that hasn't happened yeah you know like make the choice to for this not to be a regular day yeah like make the choice to make this moment into a memory yeah that like, you will look back on yeah actively living in the moment yeah which is what celine is like all about nearly she's all about you know v- going with the flow and like memory and like thinking about things but like uh, jesse thinks about it in terms of a more almost like a more literary way like he's more about I don't know, he's just more, even in terms of like, uh, his, like, with the reason why he's there. The reason why he's there is, like, is a memory enough that he's going to fucking have. Yeah. That he went over to meet his girlfriend and it just didn't work because it's long term. And he's like, oh, fuck, I'm just going to go around Europe. Like, he's going to remember this anyway. And then Celine says to him, like, when they're lying in the park and they're talking about whether or not they're going to have sex. And she's like, I don't want me, I don't want to be a story that like yeah. oh i found this french girl and we walked around vienna and then i fucked her afterwards mm. like i don't want to be that i don't i don't want that to be the memory that you're gonna have of me i want it to be something more special than that i want it to be more something something more um precious yeah 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 um it's this whole thing of like what like ethan hawk had this great fucking description for the movies and it's each film is representative of some of something before uh sunrise is about what could be yeah uh, before uh sunset is about uh what could have been or what should have been and then before midnight is about what is yeah that is and that, that is it yeah. perfectly sums up each one of the movies um because this whole thing is like these are these are young people at the fucking prime of their lives complete freedom they're at the stage and Ethan Hawke says this in in the last film but they're at the stage where they're not married but they're not living at home and they're not they're not in school or anything and they've complete freedom to do whatever they want and you have about 10 years where you can do that where mm. you have no real commitments so make the most of it and make as many memories as you can while doing that yeah yeah and like they choose to actively live in the present but mm. like being aware at all times of like what came before and like what could be you know mm-hmm. stuff like that it's just like it's very much about living you know in the moment, in the moment. and stuff like that because they talk about that that's a big thing in the second film yeah we might as well move on to the second film yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with uh because what is it it starts out in what cafe and jesse is now a writer and he's, he's it's in the in the bookstore yeah 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 in the bookstore yeah and uh the way the way it's written as well is like they're like dropping they're dropping seeds dropping little breadcrumbs yeah. throughout the entire thing like it's never there's no exposition but like you, you find out within the first ten minutes that Jesse is a is now a writer. He's a published author, and he's published a book about, or basically a fictionalization of what happened in the first film, mm-hmm. where he's talking about the book is about uh, an American meeting a French woman, and like a whirlwind whirlwind romance stuff like that, and like it doesn't work out and all that kind of thing. And at the he's doing a reading in Paris uh, at a bookstore, and Celine shows up, and 
they have like a every film has like this sort of time limit where they have to do something within yeah like yeah in the, in the first film they're always leaving it's one of them is leaving the location or they're both leaving yeah like, the they're, location. they're always sort of like just sort of passing through um and in the second in the first one it was that like um uh, that jesse had to get catch a flight in the morning uh at sunrise around yeah. sunrise that was the point and then in the second one is that jesse had to Again, also catch, catch a flight, a flight. <laughs> <laughs> but this time in the evening so yeah. <laughs> before sunset uh but like they, they're talking in the cafe for ages and she goes on about how uh, she was in like East Germany or something like that, and there's like no advertisements and stuff, and no like no TV. She couldn't understand the TV. Uh, she had no distractions basically, mm. but she found that she was like journaling more, and she was like having thoughts that she would never have because yeah. she was li- she was forced to live in the moment because yeah. she wasn't distracted by things around her. Jesse has a line about that kind of in the first film as well, where he's like talking about like when you're looking at it in the, at the in a train. And you have thoughts that you'd only have when you're on the train when you're bored and you've nothing to fucking do. Mm. And you just like look out and you just have these thoughts. And his idea that he has is like a 24-hour TV show. And it's like a poetry of life kind of TV show. That's basically what these films are. Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. But yeah, she's talking about like how she like completes... It's like... Complete boredom to the point that it was like inspirational. Yeah. It was like, it was like a natural high, she said. That was like a... That's one of the quotes... Mm. But because um, that's the thing, because it's something it's like a transcendental kind of vibe. You it know? is uh, just like letting things happen, but like being in touch, like actively participating in what's directly around you. Because I have the whole they're always in touch with time and stuff like that. But the first film has this idea, this concept of uh, of time as like this thing that that's all, like like it's, it's opportunity. Yeah, yeah, it's like your opportunities when you're when you're younger is perceived as like huge because you know you have this. I all have this like narrative of, of like how your life should go, uh, but like there's so many different branches you can you can go into. Like there's, mm. there's so many different things that that could happen. And then the second film is dealing with things having happened, and like you sort of you, you seem to have like a uh, sort of cordoned yourself off into yeah. like this single you're branch. You're almost at the halfway point to your life. Mm, yeah. So and like, like things are starting, things yeah. are starting to like set into place of what's gonna you know what's gonna happen afterwards. And they have all this regret of like what could have been because mm. we realize we then find out when they start co- talking that Celine's like, "Oh, were you there like in December?" Because at the end of the f- uh, the end of the mm. first film, they're like, "Oh, we'll meet back here in six months' time to like you know fully blossom our relationship or whatever." And Celine's like, "Oh, were you there?" And Jesse's like, "Um, uh," and she's like, "You weren't really," and he's like, uh, "No, I I wasn't." And she's like, "Oh, good, because I wasn't there either. I couldn't be there because my grandma died." And they're like, they have a conversation about that. And then she's like, wait a second. Why weren't you there? If you weren't, if like, you never explained why you weren't there. And he's like, eh, I, I was there. Mm. And you're like, oh my God, that is awful. And what, like, a, what a king, what a pure king. And she's like laughing, but she's like, I'm so fucking sorry. Yeah. And she's like, you must hate me. He's like, no, I could never hate you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you were such a special moment beforehand. Yeah. It's so sweet. It's, it's so, so sweet. sweet. Because even, even at that moment, like, uh, I think she asked, like, oh, how you been, stuff like that. And he's like, oh, yeah, my life's been terrible since I last saw you. Like, as soon as you left my mm-hmm. life, like, it's been shit. It's been all, all been downhill. Yeah. But, like, they're joking. And she says something similar um, about, like, when they had sex or whatever. Um, but they're both joking. But at the same yeah. time, they're both, you know, they're not lying. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not they're lying. They're just sort of saying They're making it. light of... Yeah, it's, it's how they're communicating. It's like, I don't know, it's just, like, how you communicate with people. Like, sort of, like, uh... I don't know, there's like a guard in front of it. There's like this sort of a, 
plausible deniability behind what you're... They're trying to be vulnerable, but they don't want to... Because they haven't met each other in ages, yeah. and they're at this really they've important moment. One, uh, once, they've yeah. only spent one day with each other at this stage. Yeah, 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 and they're they're unsure like what they should say. Uh, so they say it in like a roundabout way, and it's just like it's so uh, so true to how like people actually yeah talk. It's like I just found that like amazing, like the way it's written. Yeah, it's just like so accurate. And this is the one where Judy Delphi and Ethan Hawke are credited writers on this film, as well as Richard Linklater. Oh, is that the one? Yeah, yeah the this middle one. Yeah. The middle one is when that happens. Uh-huh. Um, even the fact like the middle one takes place over eighty minutes, the runtime of the film, like from the start of the film to the end of the film is real time. Like this is, you know, there is a, the time limit is even more constrained than in the first film. Like, there's time skips in the first film because mm. it takes place over, like, a couple of hours. This one is 80 minutes. Like, these characters have an hour and a half to talk shit and, like, catch up or whatever. And the conversations are completely different to the ones in the first film. I was worried, like, going into the trilogy that, like, ah, uh, is it going to be kind of samey in each one? Mm. Completely different. Yeah. Like... Somehow they managed to make I don't it know very how. different. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I think it was... And the characters still make sense. Like, it's a logical progression for these characters as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, I think it was, I think I saw an interview where I think it was Richard Linklater talking about when they were first discussing the film uh, with the actors. And Julie Delpy was like, would it not be boring just to have people talking, walking around a, a city? And he says something about how, like, you, you, could, you could walk around Vienna for, like, six weeks and not get bored. Mm. It's like, if, you just, if you're just authentic and, like, truthful about, you know, how these kind of things play out like the environment and how people interact and how people like who are in love or like who find someone that they really you know enjoy and connect with like yeah someone that's like a real connection if, if you can represent that on the screen there's no way it can be boring yeah and it's actually it's like no part of any of these films is boring no in any not way. Like, no moment of this film is it's boring. insane it's actually insane i like it even in the uh in the second one like the the second one's really great for like dropping like little hints that like nothing like there's no exposition as we were saying mm-hmm. before and uh like it's revealed that ethan hawk's character has been married and that's that the halfway point yeah that's yeah. revealed i was like that is fucking brilliant and he has a kid he has and a kid because like, like at that stage you're like oh these can probably catch up and then you're hit like the halfway point like no like if, yeah if anything's gonna happen it's gonna be a fucking struggle and yeah, there's going to be yeah. an issue about it. There's a huge like blockage there. It's yeah. like something they have to overcome. But you only have 40 minutes pretty much yeah. to, to decide what's going to happen. Uh, so there's like, like there's no stakes, but at the same time, it's it's like that, that transcendental thing. Like The stakes are so low. There's sort of, like, sort of low intensity that like these kind of small moments like actually... Have like, a they, huge impact. There's huge weight behind them. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really well done. I can only imagine if you actually watch this, like... Imagine seeing these films like when you are 23 and when you are 32 and when you are 41, yeah. like being the actual age of the... Because there was definitely people that did that. Yeah, absolutely. That Cause, saw yeah, them in like... Because they were released in real time pretty much as well. Mm. Like it was nine years apart, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they were. Mm. Yeah, each one was nine years apart. Um, just one thing that I have, like there's a there's a, there's a there's a key thing in the in the second film about like this um kind of fantasization of like what could have been like if you especially in terms of like what someone could like jesse and celine don't really know each other and it feels like in the nine years in between they've constantly been thinking about what could have been with each other and they've really 
fantasized and like came up with this image of what their life could have been or what it should have been if they stuck with each other and it's it's like regret but also like it could still kind of happen like we're still pretty young and in the third film it, it does happen but like this idea of not really seeing someone for what they are because it's almost because when they do talk about you know what happened they never talk about the fact that like you know they had arguments yeah. in the first one they never Even think about they're, that they're only like around each other for a few hours and they're yeah. like arguing in the street yeah they never think about that yeah. they think about you know because also <laughs> Celine had me convinced that they actually didn't have sex I was like wait no they did did they not have yeah, sex yeah because they don't show it I was like I was like Really? I was like, I'm pretty sure that they did have sex. She convinced me that they yeah. did have sex. <laughs> I believe you, Celine. Yeah, I believe Celine. <laughs> oh, Celine's such a queen. She is, yeah. Oh, yeah. she's great. My oh, God. She, she's one line in the first film as well, but like how the media... Oh, no, maybe it's in this film. It's in the second film, yeah. It, about the some, media. About yeah. the media and how it's like a new form of fascism. I was like... You up, Celine, you get Absolutely. it? Absolutely. <laughs> I was like, this, man, this woman, like... Oh, my God. Oh, she's too good for this man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, And like the fact that like the two of them have have been doing things with their lives and they're completely different people like in the in the span of two years they're more mature the conversations are way less about theory and are way more political in this one like they've they've gotten older and they've realized the world is shit yeah she's like an activist and stuff like the world is a bad place and it's not you know it's not as hopeful as it once was mm. you know like the first film came out in 1995 it's set in 1994, you know, the Berlin Wall is after collapsing. Like, what is, you know, what? there's a whole, like, positive vibe of what could be. Mm. This is now a post-9-11 world, and it's, like, you know, there's the Middle East, and there's w- wars going on more now. Yeah, um, yeah, she yeah, she goes off on him, because he's like, ah, actually, things are grand. It's like, you she's, stupid American. Like, yeah, you fucking yank. She's dead on, though. She's she is dead on. correct. She's correct. Yeah, yeah, fucking Celine, she is such a queen. Underrated queen. She... Uh, he doesn't deserve her, man. Nah, you know? he doesn't. He's a fucking job, Dean. <laughs> just because he has that fucking greasy hair in the first. and, and that Just because he's got that, that devilish good looks. Yeah. My God. And he's a little charmer with his theoretical beliefs about fucking memories and time. Yeah, the memories. Doesn't give a shit yeah. about the politics, though. Yeah, <laughs> he's exactly. He's a positive yank. <laughs> fucking yank. Yeah, he's always on about commies in the second one as well. Yeah, he is. He keeps calling her, because her cat is called Che, and she's just like, yeah. commie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that 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 ending scene—that's like the perfect ending to the, the second one as well. When they're uh, he he goes back to he drops her off. Or he he gets picked up by a guy supposed to bring him to the airport, and he's like, "Oh, come with me, come with me. I'll drop you off to your gaff." And in the in the cab, they have like this mad argument. Oh my god, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, as it's, well. it's it's like proper hard to watch because she's there thinking because he's married, and they're they're sort of uh, having to deal with the fact that they can't really ever see each other again mm-hmm. and uh she's like breaking down and she's just like because she she's she has like a boyfriend he's like a war photographer he's always away and stuff like that but she, she's always apparently getting with men who just like go off and get married yeah and like she has like these different affairs and she's, stuff like that. she's a transition period for all these men and they yeah. come back and they're like oh thanks very much you taught me what, what love is and yeah like, but what about yeah. me why didn't why did none of you ask me to marry you yeah like, i would have said no but at least ask me <laughs> yeah exactly yeah like that's yeah it's like a throwaway line but it's like it's again it's, it's like something that it's the truth pretty much like it just doesn't want to be a stepping stone to something um but like yeah it's like a really emotional scene she's like she's like breaking down so she tries to get out of the cab Um, uh, but they, they end up back at, uh and her gaff it's like in the middle of the day like or like the evening and they're having like a barbecue outside and there's like a cat and stuff and like it looks class 
It's like pure, pure Fr- French vibe. Yeah, the, like the most French scene I've ever seen in my entire life. And they go up to her, uh, to like her apartment or whatever, and she's playing a little song, um, and like it's like you're always conscious of time because mm. he has to get a flight. Like he has to get back in the cab and he has to go get his flight. And like uh, the way it ends is just like perfect, perfect, perfect setup. Oh, it's beautiful because it's, it just evokes like it's it's the whole thing where like, um, I think it's in the third at the beginning of the third film, and he's written the books, uh, or maybe it's in the second film. But like the the, the he's asked a question about the book. He's like uh, a reporter is like, what happens at the end? Do they get together? And he, uh, Jesse's answer is, it depends if you're a romantic or a cynic. Mm. And like, that's how the films actually end yeah, yeah, every that, time. Like that's how, especially the second or the first film, you're like, oh, will they ever get with each other? I don't mm, know. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I feel like at the end of the second film, you're, it's more, it's very obvious that like, cause she's like, you're going to miss your playing baby. Like she's like mm. acting as um, Nina Simone. And he's like, yeah, I know. And he just like smiles. Yeah. And it cuts. And you're just like, perfect. You're just like, he's going to stay like he's going to miss that flight he doesn't yeah. give a shit because it's like uh, like because you're constantly aware of the constraint of time that there is a deadline and the last moment of the film there is no deadline yeah, he's like I don't care he's like I don't care there is no deadline anymore I'm staying here it's the perfect way to oh. end the film like they could have they could have not made a third one and that would have been a perfect ending yeah 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 that would have been two of the best films ever made yeah but then they went and made a third one they made a third one they made a third one before uh, midnight, yeah. midnight, twenty thirteen. I remember when this came out. Mm, I briefly remember like being fourteen and hearing about this movie, but not really knowing that there was a trilogy. I didn't really know anything about mm, the films. Yeah, I remember. I, I think I watched the Oscars or something that year, and it was it was nominated for something. I just saw a few clips, and uh, that's the only way I was aware of the trilogy or whatever. But like, I didn't get it. You know, I was just like, oh, it's like a gimmick where they like walk around and talk for, mm. for ages and stuff like that. We should also note that these are the least pretentious things I've ever fucking seen as well. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. think that they'd be mad pretentious, but they're so emotional that like, yeah, it's, it's way more. Of, yeah, it's way more of like an emotional thing than it's like. It's like it's not like because um, I was thinking like comparing it to something like what was it called? I'm thinking of ending things. Yes, which is just for a long time. It's just Jesse Plemons and uh, your one in the car talking. That like, is pretentious. That is the most, like, some of the most pretentious cinema, some of the most pretentious scenes ever put to cinema, put the film, you know, just, it's just them talking oh, about books. David Foster Wallace and yeah, shit, like. But it's just talking about books and, like, like theory and stuff like that. But, like, that's, that's the vibe of that thing. Yeah. And, like, that's fine. It works for that film. It works for that film. But this one is, like, it's not that at all. Like, they do, they talk about, like, you know, heavy stuff. Um, but it's, it's the way you talk about that and, like, you know in real life in real life yeah if you're going to talk about anything like that like that's the way you, like, you wouldn't go in about like, quoting fucking David Foster Wallace <laughs> in the middle of a conversation yeah. everyone be like what the fuck is this guy on like and this one's very organic it's just it's just how people talk yeah how you access those kinds of subjects in real life that's really good like there's no it's not it's not pretentious it's very accessible yeah it's great mm-hmm. naturalistic yeah and then before midnight we, we realize that they have actually spent like time together and they have kids and they're established. Um, I, I saw some about Richard Linklater talking about the, the third film about how, you know, there's never any films. There's always films about like the blossoming of love, which is the first film and the second film as well. Like this blossoming relationship. There's nothing about the man, the complete fucking mundanity of an actual relationship when you are in your forties and you, 
you're not you don't really have your next hurdle in life the next hurdle is death basically yeah. <laughs> and like that's actually mentioned in the film as well yeah 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 where he's he tells Celine that like oh I got off to the phone to my dad my my my, uh, my grandma died or whatever and he's like oh she was 96 she spent fucking 72 years with with my grand with my granddad and uh he like makes a joke to his dad um, I can't remember what the joke was, but he says like some joke that his dad doesn't find funny at all. And then, oh she, yeah, you're an orphan now. Yeah, you're an orphan. Yeah. Now. <laughs> that's that's just bad. <laughs> like the, How did you think that died literally two hours ago, bro? <laughs> <laughs> um, but then she says, "Well, it's him. It's he's gonna die next, and then it's you." Mm. It's like that's like that's one, like the next major event. Like that's where it's like it's it's within sight. Like it's within sight. Like in which is great, but like like. 30, it's always in sight. Like. Thirty, forty years, whatever. But like you know, you you've already had your kids. You've He's now he's been married and he's been divorced. The next thing in his life is that maybe marrying Celine. Don't know, but about that by the end of this film. But beyond that, it's 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 death. <laughs> like that's the end. Yeah, because it's the whole thing. It's like the tree of life. Mm. And like it's the, stuff before midnight. Like, before, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Because like they've they've gone down their paths, and like the memories they're talking about in the first film are now actual actual memories. Um, they're not potential memories they are memories yeah they now. are actual memories now but they, they do touch on that like they're not concrete memories like you're always going back and revising the mm. past like the way that they went back in the second film and like recreated like like they, they, in the second film at the start of it they had this idea of a memory of this lost love that could have been yeah. but they went back and changed it like it's 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 always something that can be changed like it's always, it's a very contingent yes. kind of thing we, yeah well oh yeah there is something about that um in this film, I think it is something about we're constantly living our memories or something like that. Mm. Like uh, memories are never finished. Yeah, yeah, something yeah. along those lines. Yeah, it's something that you're you're. Cre- it's a creative process, like like social relationships in general. You know, it's it's a it's a it's like a huge emphasis on the social, and uh, all throughout the the series, but especially in this film as well, because you have the added elements of they have three kids essentially. Like they have two kids together, and then he has a kid. Mm. In um in America in America, which is kind of like the the, uh, the inciting moment, yeah, the of... inciting incident of this film, like his his wife in Amer- or his ex wife in America is like uh, sort of holding the kid hostage, or like something. He's, she has custody anyway, and yeah. he, he doesn't like that, and he's trying to get Celine to move over to the states, and that's like the kind of uh, the conflict, but very mundane thing. Like that's that's the that's sort of the thrust of the third film. It's, it's like it's two people in, the, in their forties, and they're happily together, and they have kids, and they're on holidays. But like, you know, they just have arguments. Like that's just that's gonna happen. It yeah. always happens in like any kind of any kind of relationship with anybody. And it's just like how that plays out. And there's a really cool thing that I I, I saw. Uh, there was like an interview where Linklater was talking about anger because there's a there's a point where they talk about anger in the film. Because um, they, they have a big argument. Oh, they have a fucking awful argument. Yeah, because this is the first film where you properly see them like as they are. Cause they they talk about in the first two films they talk about. How you know maybe we're not perfect for each other. Maybe we'll get to know each other. and We won't like each other. We won't like our different mannerisms or like you know our our different habits and stuff like that. And this is the first one where we actually see them living with each other mm-hmm. and having lived with each other for for a long time. And uh, there's this whole thing where <clears throat> they just they just kind of fall out. Yeah. Just, and then it's it's nothing major. It's it's actually very well done because they're like they're like in like this fucking hotel room and. Uh, it's like a, a a chain of uh, 
It's fucking. It's like an escalation. And it's but it's like every film has built up to this point. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like a, it's a it's a chain reaction in itself. Like they're sitting there on the on the couch. It's really well done. They're sitting there on the couch and uh, Eden Hawk is pouring a glass of wine and you think he's diffused the small little argument that they had. Yeah. But then it, it bursts back out again. It's, and it's, it's way worse. Fucking way worse. Way worse. And then worse. you realize, oh shit, they have 100% cheated on each other as well. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He like she says like, you definitely fucked that girl Emily and then he's like well you definitely f- sucked that guy's dick and like she doesn't <laughs> you, you she doesn't even <laughs> she doesn't even do, there's I I took a note <laughs> I took one note in this film um so many conversations about blowjobs and death yeah man they're talking they're making blowjob jokes in a little chapel and fucking yeah Byzantine chapel she like, like puts her hands and she, she's doing a prayer and she just licks up her fingers yeah yeah, so, yeah. also side note Judy Delphi does not age no 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 no. No, yeah, she. God bless her. God bless that woman. Uh, a, a Botticelli angel. Oh yes, her. she is a body. She's yeah. she's she's a very beautiful woman. Um, <laughs> what, what um? Oh yeah, the, the conversations in each film revolve around something different. In this film, it is very firmly. It's not about you know theory. It's not about politics. About some grander thing. This is about family. Every conversation generally is about family and like death. And blowjobs. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, because like that's your focus when you're in your 40s. Like you have your kids, you have <laughs> blowjobs. <laughs> blowjobs. That's all you worry about. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But it's like, they only talk about fa- like family for the most part and have arguments about it. Um, and then the arguments are so natural. Like, like Jesse doesn't directly ever say to Celine, at least until like the end that he wants her to move over he's just talking about the fact constantly <laughs> yeah about, he's, like, like, he's like talking away from her he's like trying to get her to get on like, board oh like, man my kid's all alone there in, in yeah, America yeah. I'm not asking you to move over but like that kid's really suffering over there yeah <laughs> it's so realistic it's so realistic um, and you even have that contrast uh, between uh, yeah, Jesse and Celine and the young couple at the dinner table where the young couple at the dinner table are a similar thing they're not I think one of them is from Greece. The other one is from somewhere else. Mm. And they have a conversation about how these two, like in a similar vein to Jesse and Selena in the first film, don't, uh, couldn't really stay with each other after their first meet. However, there's a difference now. And that is that technology has increased to the point where these can FaceTime mm. and can fall asleep with each other. Yeah. Even when they're not there. That's actually so cool that they yeah. addressed that. Yeah. Cause like, the first film, watching it now, watching the first film now, you're like just at each other on Facebook. Yeah, you know, or but at each other on like, like anything. If they they, but they don't even like they, they call each other fucking idiots in the second film. Like we didn't even exchange like numbers. Yeah, they they even, he that. says, I think Jesse says to says to Celine's like, I don't even know your second name. <laughs> 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 and uh, yeah, yeah. but even the fact that, like they would have to make phone calls or write letters, put in in you know. 2013 or 2012 whenever this film is set you can fit you can skype you can skype yeah fall asleep next to each other yeah but like not actually be in the same room like that's what that young couple did or did um yeah that, that, I, did, I didn't notice that yeah but like that's yeah it's the whole dynamic has changed now you know very very different and long ha- distance relationships are way easier yeah that's the thing yeah you can ro- you can romanticize it and there's like it's easier now you know it's like it's like a different it's like the distance is almost better because it, like it leaves that space to romanticize it. Yeah. It leaves that space to sort of for want. Yeah, the desire, the desire. They talk about desire quite a bit in the film. How like uh, or like in the other films, I think it is how it's like a something that you always need to have or you're always going to have. It's like mm. a very human trait. A lot of talk about 
you know, human nature and stuff like that. Yeah. Just the way we are. Um, but there's a big thing about anger in the third film, mm-hmm. which I saw Link Ladder talking about. Because um, there's a line when they're on that couch and they're talking about it, and he's talking about how she she's like really fiery. Like she 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 goes off on a on a mad one quite easy in, in the third one. She okay. This is the first film. Where it's like Celine is a fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah, man. He was there going, "You're fucking crazy." I was like, "She seemed mad sound in the first two films." Like, like what's happened? I hated the fact that she was telling him how to feel about his son situation. It's like, fuck you, Celine. You don't get to tell him how to feel about this situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, that's the thing. Like, they, they they're so familiar with each other. They mm. just like they just go at each other. They just know they know their own weak points. Yeah. Like oh that, god, and they go for them. Yeah, but like that's what happens when you're like you spend so much time with someone. And like that's the thing. Like you're always going to have conflict in that situation. And Link Ladder was talking about how uh like conflict is like not necessarily a bad thing. Mm. And something like anger can be like revelatory rather than like a negative thing. Like Ethan Ethan there or what's his name? Jesse says to 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 Celine He's like, your anger is a negative. Like, it's not a positive thing He's in, like, in yeah, this context. Yeah. He says, um, like, the difference between you and me is when I get angry, I'm not happy or something like that. Yeah, yeah. He's talking about, like, how they react to to, to anger or to being, like, uh, unhappy with the situation. And she goes mad and he just, he kind of, like... She, she was fucking off. <laughs> yeah, he internalizes it, which is, like, it goes back to their whole thing where he's, like, kind of, like, this rational cynic that just kind of bottles it up, whereas she's, like, this emotional... She's yeah. in touch with her emotions. She's She's vibing. Yeah, and that's the thing where he's extremely passive-aggressive in this film because mm. he won't let loose, but he internalizes it and he has these little fucking paper cuts at her yeah. throughout the entire fucking movie. Yeah, she, she mentions that, I think, in the second one. Yeah. Passive-aggressive. Yeah. Uh, like, how she hates that. Yeah. Which is, like, they, they literally, yeah, they spell it out in the second film, yeah. I think it is, yeah. Yeah, she says to him, like, he says something, she's like, that's, she fucking goes off, like, that's it. That's your passive-aggressiveness. You're not saying what you actually want to say. You're just trying to, you're trying to, appease me while while you are actually angry with me you're mm. afraid of conflict yeah that's the thing yeah like like jesse sees it as a negative thing which it is like in the moment in an immediate sense but at the same time it like allows like access to like a something beneath mm. like like the the sort of the truth of it you know like like they only get angry when so like they're like attacked in a way that like actually like hits hits mm-hmm. home that that that, that like, that's like accurate you know and that's the whole thing that i think link ladder was talking about like anger and conflict as as something that like uh you know, it's like like chiseling a fucking stone you know it's like that's that's the way these things kind of work you're gonna inevitably have conflict you're gonna ine- inevitably get angry in any relationship with anybody in like any kind of social context like that's the way you know social uh, how communities work. Yeah, how communities work. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. You can't, you know, it's like neither one of them. Well, Jesse hasn't properly communicated to Celine how he feels about these things, and you almost get the sense that like this is an argument that they have had before, over and over again, over the nine years. And she even says it to him. It's like you're just like this because your son left, and you always get like this. You always get upset after he leaves, but after a while, you forget about it and you move on. And then it comes up again, and each time it's bigger and bigger because you're too afraid to actually say what you want to do. Mm, yeah, yeah. And then, like, th- like the argument just like explodes, explodes, and it goes very, very badly. And it seems like all is lost. And it's extremely upsetting because you've spent so much time with these characters. Yeah, we invested so much. It's like four hours in, yeah. and they're like about to, they're about to like fucking end end the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really uh really distressing. But then they have that end scene on on like a pier. 
and it's not even it's not like a happy ending or anything no it's like you're just like it's more like but it's not it's not like a menacing kind of thing or like ominous it's like he shows up like she's 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 stormed off and she's uh questioned the idea that like like maybe she's still she's not in love with him anymore. Oh, she tells him i don't love you anymore and yeah he's like, yeah he's like oh i didn't think you meant that and he's like oh, fuck's sake but yeah they go she sits on the pier by herself and he, he finds her and he sits down next to her he's trying to make her laugh with the stupid like joke he made up and like it doesn't work at all no. which i thought was really funny yeah. like, usually like if if it's there in the film it's gonna work but like she's just like that's not funny yeah it's like, like that's that's just annoying say like, shut the fuck up yeah, it's yeah like i'm yeah. still mad at you <laughs> yeah but like the way she's like the way she's like brought the conflict to the fore and like she she's like she's the aggressor pretty much like yeah, she, this she's stage she is yeah 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 like she she was like going at him like about like you know like sex and stuff it's like that bullshit yeah going out, like, it's like you're a every- terrible ride yeah. i've been to tell you that for ages <laughs> yeah man we've been together like nine years <laughs> and she's pure going right for the man's balls like i think as well she has something in the first two fi- one of the first two films she's like oh yeah if a fella's like bad at sex you just tell them straight away but you can't really say it to them because it'll, it'll upset them but you need to tell them eventually. yeah men are very easily offended yeah yeah it's a whole thing about that a lot of gender politics but that's a whole different thing but yeah, that's she's the whole like, aspect of the film that we have. We, we haven't have talked about. We well, talked about this for an hour, man. We talked about this for an hour. We haven't even talked about that. Aspect yeah, of yeah. This. But uh, but yeah, like, but she's 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 aggressive. She's she's on, she's on the offensive in the whole the whole situation. But like her her kind of uh, her being on the offensive has brought out the truth of like the matter. Like it's it's kind of like brought him out of his shell. It's it's, mm. it's like it's forced them to recognize, uh, like some of the little I don't know some little problems bubbling up and like it's a good thing it's like a cleansing thing it's a revelatory thing it's not a bad thing it's like, it's something that's always going to happen it's, and the fact that they or they need to come through it if they have any hope of ever like yeah this is an issue that needs to be solved yeah if you don't solve it it's, it's over it's, yeah. it's do or die yeah and it's not even just specific to them it's just how it's like it's a more general thing it's like you're always going to run into these problems in any relationship and their their problem is very complex but like there's you know it's equivalent to all yeah, it could, all it, relationships it, have something. It could be any like yeah, social relationship, romantic relationships. It could be anything, but like they have to, they have to get through it, mm-hmm. and that's the whole thing. And then the, the film just kind of fades away. Kind of ends on a on a note where if you're optimistic, they get over it. Yeah, pessimistic, if, it's over. If you're romantic, if you're a cynic, yeah, all that stuff. But it's very, very cozy stuff. Very cozy. Oh, man. Amazing films. Cozy. Absolutely fantastic films. I I adore these movies. Really, really. Really quality good. stuff yeah yeah i'm gonna rewatch them at some point oh easily man. i miss so much i was like i was there like listen to it. i was like i was like, I was like slow down i yeah. have to go back at certain points you know i feel like each one of these films at different stages of your life will hit you hard will hit you differently because yeah. they're about to being at a different stage in your life yeah man imagine being 41 watching man imagine being 41 in a relationship that you're not happy with and you see this film yeah you're like oh man <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh, man, I need to hop on a train and fucking talk to some random French girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it can only go well. Yeah. It can only go well. Uh, amazing films. Ha. Great stuff. Great stuff. Highly recommend. What a king. Yeah, what, what a king. A- Ethan Hawke, so much respect. The best thing about Judy these- Delphi, my God. Oh, Judy Delphi, queen. <laughs> Absolute queen. She has my heart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, God, when she licks her lips. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, the uh, the best thing about these films is that is that they live up to the hype as well. Yeah, they really do. They really yeah. do. They really do. And people hate people. Not that they hate, but people see the third one as a letdown. I just think that it's. 
I think it's, it's just realistic. It's it's a hard movie because you've it's not an enjoyable movie like the other two. Mm. Even the second one isn't that like, like, you know, it's it's not as sweet. Like, the first one's really sweet, and the second one, it ends on a sweet note. But the entire entire time through, it's kind of like a. I don't know. To it's, regret. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like yeah, it's it's more about regret than anything. And then the third one is is quite difficult. But I think that's part of the cycle. That's the whole point, isn't yeah. it? You know, that's what I'd say. I would say they're all very, very, very equal in terms yeah. of quality. In terms of quality, they're all the same. What's your favorite one, though? Maybe the first is second one by a fucking by hair inch over the first one. I'd say the first one. Yeah. I'd say the yeah. First one. I don't know. I think just uh, like certain aspects of the and I, I love the the end. I find the end, especially because you with the third one, you realize yeah they he the does ending, stay. The ending is the ending, and I love the fact that it's over on. eighty minutes and like the conversation, the car scene fucking broke me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so upsetting. Uh, great, phenomenal films. So emotional. It's amazing. like it's like it's like I don't know. It's actually amazing. Yeah. Some of the one of the one of the best films, one of the, or some of the best films I've seen. In a long time, you know, like in Great, greatest one of the greatest trilogies, easily, yeah, easily, 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 yeah, yeah. Sticks with you, sticks, sticks with, with you, you. or stuck with me for the past day. Anyway, I watched it all today, but I'm sure it will stick with me. Oh man, these are films about that you can just rewatch. Yeah, that's the thing. I plan to rewatch them soon, and you pick up different things every time. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal films. Well, we go straight into our new section. Aye, uh, we will. The news section. So we decided. That we were going to talk about, you know, news on the podcast. See if there's anything going on in the world, the cinema, and, you know, anything interesting. And this week, there was news. Brendan Fraser is back for the second time. He's back <laughs> again. He's back again, but this time, hopefully... The mummy returns. More solidly. Brendan Fraser... Uh, fucking... What the fuck did I write there? Brendan Fraser <laughs> boards... Mar- okay, that's right. Brendan Fraser is in the new Martin Scorsese film. Also, I didn't know that there was a new Martin Scorsese film to begin with. Killers of the Flower of the Flower Moon, and he's also going to be in uh, a comedy film called Brothers, which is by the director of Palm Springs. Uh, seen Palm Palm Springs, very enjoyable movie, um, but that's not important because Brendan Fraser is back, and he's going to be in a Scorsese film. Yeah, and he's also going to be in that Aronofsky film. The Aronofsky, which one? The Walrus or something it's called. The Walrus. Sort of fat, depressed dude. Ah, which is what Brendan Fraser's <laughs> been for quite a while. <laughs> it's just a documentary about Brendan Fraser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but man, he made a comeback a few years ago because he used to be such a hunk, such a like a sex. Oh book. my god! Man, have you seen that picture of him like from the set of, of the Mummy One? That's like him in the desert, and he just looks like a sex god. Have you seen George of the Jungle? <laughs> <laughs> Encino Man, Encino bro. Encino Man, he's so hot in these movies. Yeah, man, in the best episode of Scrubs. Yeah, he used to be such a, an icon. Looney Tunes. I think his his last great his last hurrah was a uh, Furry Vengeance. Ever see that? Oh yeah. yeah, that's a really bad movie, isn't it? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, but yeah, he he was fucked for ages. He was fucked. Yeah, what what happened to him? I um, I, I know I know a few details, but I'm not sure. Content warning. Uh, <laughs> Brendan oh, Fraser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Content oh, I warning. Laugh, I laugh. <laughs> no, he's only laughing because I put I put a reminder on the fucking news article to give a content warning. Um, so what happened to Brendan Fraser is uh, I think oh, it's yeah. it 2004. <laughs> um, Brendan Fraser got blacklisted in Hollywood because in 2016 
he came out and he's like, yeah, I got sexually assaulted in 2003 uh, by a former president of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Um, really fucked up. Uh, he described what happened to him and it's really upsetting. Uh, the the Foreign Press run uh, the Golden Globes. Show. Yeah. So, what a show. Lo- a former president, uh, you know, sexually assaulted him. He, also, he suffered from depression because of that. Um, he was also went through a string of surgeries in the early 2000s. Uh, I was reading an article and uh, Brendan Fraser said, like, he was fucking, in The Mummy 1, he was made out of fucking toothpaste, not toothpaste, fucking blue tack and fucking Pritt stick was holding him together in that movie. That film nearly fucking killed him. The stunts he did, did all his own stunts. Yeah, he did his own stunts. And that nearly, was the problem, I think. Nearly yeah. fucking killed him. He had to do a bunch of surgeries. Pretty sure he got, like, addicted to fucking painkillers and stuff mm. like that because of that. Um, and then he had a divorce in... 2007 2008 yeah didn't he he fell off his roof as well broke his back I'm yeah pretty sure he was fucked he was fucked yeah. financially physically and in terms of you know the hollywood you know elites they're like nah nah he's done yeah epstein epstein job you know yeah. he got fucked he got fucked so the mean, same thing happened to terry cruz didn't it, as well yeah terry cruz also got it's like assaulted. pretty much the exact same story as well i'm pretty sure the, i think it's just, just a serial offender man yeah Epstein job. You know, they, they're all the same over there. I mean, we've heard this time and time again about Hollywood, but Hollywood is a fucking awful place. It's so a the pit. awful people. And it needs to be nuked. These people need to be fucking outed. Um, uh, Brendan Fraser actually named the dude that did it, but I, I can't remember what the guy's yeah, name was. Yeah, he's walking free. He's walking free, walking free. He's floating He's about. grand. He's, he's old. He's loads of money. He's a millionaire. Mm. He's connections in Hollywood. He's literally untouchable. He can murder people. I'm sure he has murdered people. And probably has <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely has you know if he's going around doing stuff like that he's definitely done a lot worse and he's, and he's definitely around. done it to other people as well yeah exactly people a lot of people probably not as big as Brendan Fraser mm. you know like everyone knows Brendan Fraser yeah. the guy's huge he's a king he's loved he's a king you know check the check the Twitter I'm gonna fucking put, upload a f- the most wholesome fucking interview clip I've ever seen where this woman is interviewing Brendan Fraser and she's like oh just let you know uh, the internet uh, adores you we support you we're there for you yeah. the internet loves you and he's just like has this big fucking smile on his face and he's like thank you ma'am and he's like almost got a tear in his eye it's so heartwarming and I just I wish the best for Brendan Fraser I love him I, I, man he used to be my favourite actor he's a king he's such a king I hope he comes back I hope he's, he's better than ever mm, I hope he's I hope should, he's well <laughs> man they should do I, I'm still offended that they didn't do like a mummy like sequel with him like a threequel. Well, they did a threequel, but it was shit. Yeah. They should have done a fourth was one. Was he in the second one? Of course, yeah. Mummy Returns, he was in that. Yeah. And then, and then he was in the third one. What is the third one? The third one is the Mummy uh, uh, Snowman edition. They're in the, they're in the Himalayas. Oh, And there's a yeah. Yeti and stuff. But, like, they've replaced... <clears throat> they've replaced Rachel Vice with some random woman. Mm. And it just does not work at all. Like, I, as soon as I saw that she wasn't in it, I was like, this is going to be shy. Yeah. And it is shy. And the kid is all, like, you know the kid from Mummy 2? Yeah. He's all grown up and he's like, a, he's like, you know, peer to peer with Brendan Fraser. It's like, don't be yeah. doing that. Like, this isn't the fucking before trilogy, you know? Yeah. Like, we're here, <laughs> we're here to see Brendan Fraser and Rachel Vice kick ass. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, is there a fourth Mummy movie as well? Yeah, Tom Cruise. But like, that's a reboot. Like, yeah. But apparently yeah, that was shy. Jesus, yeah. They should they should have rebooted it with him, you know. Mm. Something they like that. They should have, yeah. Oh, probably too late now, but yeah, well, still. I hope. Um, and the new Scorsese film. Have you read about that? Like what it's about? It's like a Native American thing, isn't it? It's like real murders that happened to, to these oil barons or something in Texas. 
Really? By Native Americans? I don't know. I don't know if Native Americans are part of it or not. I don't oh, really? know. I just saw something about Osage County. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but Brendan Fraser plays a lawyer in it. Oh. So, kind of like uh, maybe a marriage story with bringing back Ray Liotta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. My dad always thought that Ray Liotta was dead for years. <laughs> he's the kind what. of person you think is dead. Yeah. He's in fuck all. <laughs> yeah, but even Brendan Fraser, you think. Charlie Sheen, talking about earlier, I thought he was dead. You think he was dead, yeah. He'd be dead. He's still kicking about. <laughs> still, <laughs> still a man on Mars. What the fuck are you describing? To, what are these describing of us? What? Like Charlie Sheen's like, I'm like a man on Mars. What the fuck are you saying? About? <laughs> it's like, I'm an animal. You can't stop me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Tiger blood. Oh, tiger blood. That's tiger what I was blood, fucking yeah. mental bastard. He's fucking insane, man. He should literally be in prison. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, the, he's like the prototype for the Hollywood fucking rapist out there, you know? Yeah. I'm amazed there's no stories about Charlie Sheen. There are, man. Oh, there loads. are? Oh, okay, Grant. Yeah. I just haven't heard it. Oh, yeah. I won't go into that now. <laughs> yeah, we've already given a content warning for Brendan yeah, Fraser. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, that guy is like, he's like, he's a big fish. Like, he's just, he's below Epstein. Like, he's one of the henchmen, you know? Yeah, sure. The fucking, uh, his whole, the Sheen dynasty. Yeah, Corey Feldman and all. Poor Corey Feldman. But yeah, dark scenes. But yeah, Brendan Fraser. He's back. A wholesome king. He's back. I, I can't wait. Hopefully this is the, the start of something big for Brendan Fraser once again. <laughs> We're going to listener questions. Do we have any? We got one. All right, let's go. First one's coming in from Potty. And Potty's asking us, why is Sam Rockwell the best actor out there at the moment? I actually forgot about Sam Rockwell when we were going through our, our favorite actors a while back. Sam Rockwell, he's a little king, man. He's a king. Jesse James, Moon. It's fantastic, Jesse James. You know? Man, Moon. My Moon. family watched Moon the other day. It's good. And I was Spooky. like, I forgot that film existed. And Sam Rockwell is amazing in it. Mm, he's great in everything. He is. He's great in everything, really. Um, but I think people people really appreciate him, you know. Like he's not like sort of underrated or anything. Three billboards as well. He's great in that. Three billboards, yeah. Seven psychopaths. Seven psychopaths. He's fantastic in Seven Psychopaths. Mm. We rewatched that recently enough. I love Seven Psychopaths. Yeah, he's very versatile. He can do whatever he wants, you know. Mm. Like he plays a pure, you know, dope in uh, in Jesse James, but like he he plays it off so well, yeah. so pathetic. But then he does like the opposite in something like Seven Psychopaths. Um, and like Moon and stuff, you know. Yeah. So he's, he's just a few, king. A few billboards. He's really scary. He's a very scary racist cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have to agree though. Sam Rockwell's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Sam Rockwell. He's an unproblematic king, as far as I know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I haven't heard that much. <laughs> thing. I've never heard that Sam Rockwell's a dick. Anyway, neither have I. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, that's probably why he's a good actor. Very versatile. Pick good roles. Unproblematic. He's definitely one of the best actors out there at the moment. He's not in a superhero film. He's not. That's a major he thing. He hasn't he's sold out. <laughs> he hasn't sold out. He's not in a superhero movie. Yeah. Actually, yeah, he hasn't sold out. He's in just like good movies generally. Yeah, it's just like independent stuff. Yeah. yeah. Fair play. Fair play to him. He's, he's big. He's a big, big name. balls on him. Does he have a Does he have uh, an Academy Award? I'm pretty sure he does. Or Maybe he for Three Billboards. I think he got. He that won Best Picture, didn't he? That did win Best Picture. Did he win Best Supporting Actor for that? Let me I check that up now. I want to double check that. I think that he did, but I could be wrong. Maybe got something for something else. Sam Rock. Sam Rockwell. Do, 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 do. Oh yeah, he did one Oscar for. Oh, he got it for. No wait. Oh yeah, no, he did. Yeah, Best Supporting Actor, Three Billboards. He won it for that. He King. He deserved it. King. Yeah. King. He deserved it. Well, we leave it at that. We'll leave it there, so... What's uh, a recommended film? A recommended film for episode 52, our year anniversary. Here, Woo! We, here we go. Yeah, we're going to look at The Vanishing by... 
George Sluzer. Sluzer. Slu- I don't know. <laughs> Sluzer. Sluzer. Uh, adapted from the novella The Golden Egg by Tim Crabbe. It's a horror film. Apparently it's one of the har- It's, according to Stanley Kubrick, is the scariest film ever made. So... We'll see, Kubrick. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see, Stanley. You know, my our opinions have kind of been going down on that guy for a while now, so see what he's like. Yeah. See if he holds up here. See if he holds up to, to scrutiny. Yeah, it'll be exciting. I mean, we talked about The Exorcist last week, so that was, that's yeah. also you know, one of the scariest movies ever made. And we're going back. It's come back to Halloween, lads. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking, by the time this is out, the next one's out, it will nearly be Halloween. No, wait, it will be Halloween. <laughs> wait, no, what? it won't be Halloween. It'll be, it'll be, uh, <laughs> no, wait, shit, I'm forgetting September's in between. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck it out. Completely forget the September month. Who the fuck cares about September? Man, yeah, September is school kids. Yeah, no one ever thinks about September except for people who are in school. That's a fact. That's a fact. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just skip September. It's all, it's all just agreed to skip September this year. Oh, come on, boys. We're nearly there anyway. Yeah, yeah. Let's get, let's get 2021 over with so we can get our fucking yeah. jabs and our passports and straight shit. Straight into 2022. Go straight to the continent. Straight to holidays. Yeah, straight into Euro Rail, man. Yeah. Can't wait. But yeah. Oh, so yeah, we'll be, we'll be doing that. Uh, yeah, the vanishing next week for a fifty-second episode. Sweet, I can't wait. No way, a fifty-third episode. It's, it's not the fifty-first, no. Yeah, two F- weeks. Fifty-second. 50 oh yeah, fifty-third. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we're doing things here. Oh my <laughs> god, I completely <laughs> fucked it up. Yeah, it's a, sorry. Clarification: it's our fifty-third episode every two weeks. Every two weeks. So yeah, there you go. We'll be getting our, our guest. We can reveal it now. Our guest next week will be Isabel. Yeah. yeah, my girlfriend is like, yeah. yeah, it's not nepotism, yeah, <laughs> our 52nd, our year special, our anniversary special, and I can't wait, here we go, boys. I personally can't wait, God knows what we're going to be getting up to, what Jesus. crazy antics, absolute carnage, next episode, yeah, I'll see you then, anyway, hi, right, to see you, everyone, bye-bye, bye.